Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Daily Hi-Fi Podcast. My name is Chana. With me, as always, we've got Joe, Michael, Aaron. What's going on, fellas? Happy Monday. What's happening, man? What is up? Yeah. So I'm glad to have you guys. Because, yeah, last time it was a holiday and you guys were doing stuff. We bailed on me. I was babysitting. Yeah. My nephew, I mean, not my nephew, my grandson. <laughs> Your grandson. My nephew. Oh my gosh. That's why I don't let you babysit. You don't even know who it is. This was the first time I had a chance to keep him because, like, they're still in, like, you know, uh, what do you call that? I don't know. Protective mode, even yeah. for me. They're like, hey, you know, it's been a long time since you had kids, right, Dad? And I'm like, shoot, man. What the heck does that mean? It's totally different. At least they didn't try to leave him with me, man. That would be. <laughs> They don't have cloth diapers anymore, Michael. <laughs> cloth no, diapers. I never had that. I didn't have that. Well, you know, when the stork came and dropped them off in Michael's house, you know, <laughs> it's been a long time since that happened. <laughs> I know nowadays they just email kids, man. It's yeah, weird. Right. I don't yeah, get they that. They do. The whole millennial stuff. Uh, no, Amazon drones just drop them <laughs> off, don't they? <laughs> it's like, holy cow, man. Yeah. What's up, funny. everybody in the chat? Yeah, what's up? What's up? Uh, Who we got here? Jed, we got Croson, we got uh, Keeping Up with the Joneses, Brian, Buddy, Mark Wilson, Jayhawk, Theater. Oh, yeah. What's up, everybody? Bodie, All right. Face. Bodie, what's yeah. happening, buddy? Yeah. I think it's the audio. Windham, Tim Perry. <clears throat> oh, we got a He's super chat Puerto already. Rico. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah, I saw your. Game. I think I think he had a question earlier, but it was really early, and I don't oh, know. If you know, they don't. Oh, here, I don't is it this one? Yeah, there it is. There, there is. we go. Early question. There you go. Let's let's hit it real quick. Do Focal chorus surround sound as good as a Focal three hundred one? Can I use a Focal surround and front speakers? Just need help to decide what to do with the Focal dome flex for heights. All right, hold on a second. So let's let's look these things up. Focal. Yep. What do you say, Cora? What is okay? Is, are those the ones that we heard one. at that uh, one CES? Yes, Joe. And the Focal Chorus Surrounds. So the thing about the Focal Chorus Surrounds, and I'm bringing it up because this is exactly what I thought it was uh, going to be. <laughs> These things uh, are not uh, are not mountable. Are not there? They have to be mounted on a wall. See. Mm -hmm. So. Um, kind yeah. of on walls. Yeah, they're like on walls, okay. right? Um, there is a uh, oh, this is the mounting bracket for the. But it, but yeah, it's a, it's an on wall kind of a situation here. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's what he's talking about. Oh, three ninety two ninety nine. It's on sale. Fantastic. Um, do they? But do they sound as good as the Focal three hundred one? All right, what's the Focal three hundred one? Let me look that up. Focal, and we're here on a uh, uh, bookshelf speaker. Favorites. Website. Aaron's favorite site. <laughs> Actually, he doesn't mind now. He doesn't mind. I don't mind now. They, they pay that's a big so commission on that side. There huh? you go. Yeah. yeah okay. Man. So, the, we're, so the Focal, we're, friend, we're friends now. Uh, <laughs> so the Focal 301, and can I use the Focal surrounds and front speakers? Just need help. Okay. So, okay. Hold on a second. Can you zoom yeah. into one of those or like just click yeah, into one of those and on. show the cone? Because this is going to lead into something else. Okay. All right. That's as close as you can get to that cone. You should be able to bring All it. Right. There. Oh, okay. There look at go. that cone. All right. We'll talk about that in a bit. Concave cone? Mm-hmm. Well, look at the texture, too. Okay. Yeah. It's a flex. <clears throat> and so he's he's talking about what do I have to do for Focal Dome Flex. It's actually flex, not flex. Um, 
this Focal 301 and the Dome Flax will have more of, of a cohesive sound because they're made out of the same materials. The core is a little bit different. Um, they use a slate fiber driver for the main. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, Thomas, if you're looking for something that matches the Dome Flax, it would be the Aria line, which is the speakers that I have upstairs, um, or the 300 series in-wall or on-wall. So they do they do this all um, in multiple different ways. So um, and that's with the aluminum magnesium tweeter and the flax dome woofers or flax cone woofers. Sorry. So he says Aaron will not be happy with that tweeter. What what's wrong with that tweeter? I don't know. I don't know. Is, what is that tweeter it's, made out of? It's an innie. It's an innie. He likes them Audis. Is it is yeah. that um, beryllium or aluminum? Aluminum magnesium. I seriously aluminum. doubt that's beryllium at that price. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. uh, these are really inexpensive. Okay. Yeah. Well, they're a thousand bucks for a single, but still, no one focal. I'm. I'd be really surprised if that was. Really okay. Neat. Aaron, no. your mic sounds a little hot. Yeah, your mic is a little hot. Bit hot. It's like yeah. clipping. What about now? That's oh, hold on. it's still a little loud, but it's all hold good. On. There you go. No, my kid was messing with the stuff. There you go. There you go. Right. Cool. There we go. So um, there we go. the so okay. Last time I was hoping that you'd be on, Aaron. Because we were talking about... Oh, did you answer the question, by the way, Chana? Uh, yeah, I said that the Focal 301 would match the Focal okay. Dome Flax right. more than the Chorus. So right. that I didn't was, want to throw us off track. But yeah. um, last time, Aaron, I was talking about how typically you're supposed to listen first, do your subjective stuff, and then measure. Because the thinking is that the objective measurements will kind of skew skew things, I guess. What what is the thinking? Mm -hmm. What is the thinking behind that? For me, for me, if I see the measurements first and I'm gonna go into it not like necessarily expecting to hear those things, but looking for those things that are there. Mm -hmm. Right? Like so if it's if there's a bump around like one K that I expect it might be hot around one K. Like I'm looking mm -hmm. I'm already biased toward expecting <laughs> to hear that. And it might take my mind off of like hearing something else. That's kind of the notion there, right? Okay. I don't know if it really, really matters. If it really, really, really matters, but that's why I don't do it that way. Okay. Well, tell uh, me what you want. What you really, really want? So I'll tell right. you what I, what I really, really want. I see you, buddy. Somebody uh, else finish it. No, we're not done until uh, somebody finishes. I wanna. I wanna. I wanna. Uh, I wanna. Uh, I wanna. Uh, uh. <laughs> All right. I really, really, really want to stick a stick. Hey. Uh, buddy, thank you for the huge super chat. Fifty dollars. Yes, sir, man. Woo! I think this is the the biggest uh, super chat we've ever received. So he's a baller. Yeah, my buddy's uh, a baller. Uh, right, so he's got say? lots thank of you, questions fellas, for amp and amp brand. Chana and Youth Man, Center Speaker Aaron, and Monoprice Soundstage Three Joe recommendations, <laughs> uh, and everything else you help with. Well, we truly appreciate you, buddy. Um, that that's amazing. Thank you. Um, yeah. And, and it looks like Matt, Matt finished it up. <laughs> there you there go. go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, real quick, what what was, what was I saying? We were talking about... Oh, yeah. Measurements. Yeah, listen, listen first, first or listen, listen after. Okay, so I, I have to be honest as a reviewer about the process and what happens, right? And one of the things I, I was saying is that the visual aspect, the fact that I see the speaker first already is going to bias me in some way. So I don't know how many people have reviewed that one focal speaker with that flax cone, mm -hmm. but if I look it up right now, and if anybody says, oh, it has an organic sound, mm -hmm. 
the mid-range has an organic sound. What Why do they say mean? that? Because it looks kind of like an organic material, right? Does mm. it have an organic sound? I don't know. I haven't heard it. That's or the, the, the tweeter. Oh, it's a little bit <clears throat> metallic. Oh, yeah. And I say that mean, one all oh the time. It's all metallic. The time. Yeah. Yeah. They never say that about a soft dome tweeter, right? Doesn't it can't, you know, it doesn't sound metallic yeah. because it's not metal. Just, so, so, so they say it's soft. Is that what they say? Yeah. <laughs> they it's, call it's it soft. A little bit, yeah. a little bit yeah. soft. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they describe uh, it based on the characteristics. Right. And it got, it was really obvious actually when I reviewed this uh, ELAC BS41. And it's just like a very dark speaker, right? Like nothing about it has an, any accent. It's just like a, a black box. Black cone, black surround, just everything is just, you know. And then I measured it and had a rising trouble response, right? And people are like, oh, this sounds a little bit dark. <laughs> like, how does it sound? How? Like, in what the measurement doesn't show that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's, it's not dark. It's just not, yeah. it's not a dark speaker. You know, it's a bright speaker, but it doesn't. Anyway, my whole point was just that. I'm already biased by looking at the speaker and knowing I've, I've, mm -hmm. I've lifted it up. It's heavy. Okay. That puts something into my mind. Right. Mm -hmm. So all these things. Anyway, I recently had a bunch of speakers to review and I decided, you know what? Let me try something different. Let me measure them first. Right. Cause if they're complete gar garbage, I don't even want to waste time because mm -hmm. I have so many speakers and if they're garbage, I just don't want to even deal with it. I don't want to, sit and listen to all it's a lot of work right you unbox them all right mm -hmm. especially if it's a it's a setup with a center channel floor <laughs> standing all these speakers right you're like if these suck i just don't even want to they, they you know whatever so i tried it the other way measure it first and i know you're not supposed to do that but what i found out was it kind of freed up my um it freed me up to say whatever i want about it because it made me realize that when i listen first and I measure second, I feel like I don't want to be proven wrong by the measurements. I don't want to say something really ridiculous. Me, me personally. I don't know if yeah, you... for sure. You, but I don't want to say like, you know what? I, You know, the base is like this, and then the measurements like totally Different. contradict mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And that it, it's like a pressure that I have because I'm making a video that I'm putting out to other people. They're, they can comment on it, you know? Uh, and I don't want to be the guy like it's not even that I'm like worried that they're not going to trust me, but it's like oh, I don't want to have to explain in the comments. You know, it's just a thing that you have to explain that. Yeah, I heard this, but the measurement didn't say this. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes like, oh, well, see, I told you the measurements don't matter. Like, no, oh, that's yeah. not what I'm saying. It's it's just that. They do matter. They go they go together. It's just my room did this to the sound. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's being being able to separate out the the sound that is measured and the sound of the room, you know, the interaction with the room and all that. Mm -hmm. And I guess it was more useful to me doing it this way because I was looking for the, the issues. So mm -hmm. I saw an issue in the graph and I'm like, let me see if I can hear that. To me, mm -hmm. that's more useful because that's what other people do when they're buying something, right? When somebody's going to buy something, they're going to, see it they're going to see the price they're going to see the specs they're going to see maybe the frequency response if the manufacturer provides it and the idea to me is do you compare like i have an expectation now of what this thing does does it meet my expectation to me that's a good way to review things and it i didn't feel like it 
skewed my opinion because I don't care. Like at that point, I don't care. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like if the measurement said it's like this, but I hear this, I can still freely say, I know what the measurement says. I measured it, but it still sounded like this too. Like I feel confident that it, it measured this, sounded like this. That's probably my room. That's probably yeah. this. That's probably something else that's causing that. But that is what I'm experiencing. I don't know. I will, I, I talked about this the whole time, and I was really hoping that you're you'd be here to kind of like say maybe why it's wrong or. You know, no, I think it's fine. I uh, so I, I have a different outlook on that. The reason that I like to measure after I listen because I like to listen and take notes, and then I like to compare right and try to see like I don't care necessarily about being quote unquote wrong you know, based on what the measurements show. For me, it's more about the learning exercise. So when I hear something, did I actually hear that? Or is there something in the measurements that maybe is not immediately noticeable, but it is there if you dig down a little bit more, right? So we know about on versus off axis sound. And most magazines and most online publications tend to focus solely on on axis sound, mm -hmm. right? So it's very easy to have a different listening impression compared to what sure. you see in the single on-axis response. But then if you look at the off-axis response as well, and you factor in like what's going on in your room, then things start to kind of fall in place and click. So for me, that's why I like doing it more from that perspective. But honestly, dude, I don't think there's really a right or wrong. I think it's just like you as a reviewer, what works well for you. And I do, I will listen first, take notes, measure, and then go back and listen. Right. So I'll go back and listen to maybe apply EQ or um, I'll use the measurements to help me like try to decide what's the best placement. Because a lot of times when we're setting these things up, you guys know, sometimes it's hard to find the optimal position for a speaker, especially if it's not like a well-designed speaker, because placement really, really matters. Then if it's a good design speaker, then placement isn't super like, I guess, important per se. Mm -hmm. You could be off by a little bit and it's still going to sound pretty decent. But if some speakers just do poorly off axis, then the difference in sound from zero to 10 or 15 degrees can be drastically different. So that's why I also like kind of going back and using measurements for that as well, because it helps me hone in on, okay, well, I listen at on axis or something like that, or I thought off axis was the best way to go. And the measurements are showing me this thing. So let me try this way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So you kind of go back and forth between them, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think okay, that's, so, for, for me, that's the best way because um, the reason that I'm reviewing or the way that I review things is to kind of to try to correlate the measurements and to say why the measurements matter. It's not just to give my opinion. Mm -hmm. Here's the data and I'm done. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's my big draw for what I do is correlating measurements to what I hear in my in my listening. I guess for me, it, it ends <laughs> up becoming a game of like, how close can I get to what the microphone is going to show me? You know, it, it could it be like, like that. Well, it's so I've heard you before say like, you know, there's a there's something happening around 2K, right? Right. 2.5K. So it's like the more specific you get in your subjective as you know, uh, assessment, mm -hmm. the more likely you can be wrong. Right. So if I say no, the absolutely. treble is like this. OK, well, that's pretty general. Right. But if I start saying 2K, if I start saying not 2K, 2.5K, right, the more yeah. specific you get, the more likely you're going to be wrong. For sure. For okay. sure. But I've, but I've also done that to where I've said, and I'm, I can't think of a specific review now, but I know I've run into this where I said, it sounds like it's 800 hertz, but it could be an octave above that. And then I'll look at the measurements and then sure enough, it'll be like 1600 or 2K. 
And then mm -hmm. I'll go and fiddle with the EQ because now I have the measurement showing me this thing. Right. I'll use the EQ to apply based on the measurements and I'll say, oh, that is what I'm hearing. It's not at 800, it's at 2K. You know? mm -hmm. But that, to make, that helps me as a listener. And I'm, my hope is that that also helps people understand that there's more than just what you think you hear too. There's other aspects going along with that. I guess the way that I was thinking about it, it was more that it's almost like in my assessment, there's not that much of a reason for me to talk about the frequency response of the speaker because when it's in my room, of course, my room is doing so much, right? Yeah. And it's almost sure. like the measurement is going to do that aspect. I The measurement is going to do a better job than me at evaluating the frequency response and the frequency range. So it's almost like, yeah. why why am I trying to evaluate that? You know, right. I, I, get, I get it. That. Like, I can I just understand what you're saying. Is what it is. You know, yeah. let me talk I, so about I, the features and the things that I can't measure is kind of where I was at with it. Mm -hmm. No, I completely understand what you're saying. I just, for what I do on my channel, I disagree. Mm -hmm. So I, and, I like to do, I like to draw the, the correlation as best I can, because for me, it's more about learning about the measurements because I am measurement focused. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for me, for people to understand that measurements can show you a, a number of things. And depending on how you look at them, you can easily draw the wrong correlation just as easily as you can the right correlation. Mm -hmm. and, and and I come at it from that angle because I'm used to seeing people say, oh, well, measurements don't matter because stereo files showed this measurement, but I heard this. Well, it's like, well, stereo files measurements are flawed, number one. I mean, and it's not a, anything against them, but it's a plus or minus 30 degree window and then a near field microphone for the bass. Well, that means their bass hump is totally exaggerated. Like there's always plus 60 dB higher. Mm -hmm. No baffle step is taken into account. I mean, there's a lot of issues with stereo files measurement method. It's good that they do something. I'm not trying to knock it. And, and if stereophile guys are watching, nothing personal, but they're they're missing a lot. And there's a lot of room for interpretation. I saw this on the Steve Hoffman forum about a month ago when people were talking about, I think it's the new mission speakers. And they got to talking about the Wharfdale Lentons. Right. And there were a few guys who were saying, well, stereophiles measurement so that the bass is pronounced on, on whatever speaker it was. And then somebody else came in and said, well, the reason it shows that is because their measurement method and they actually say in the stereo file article, this is what's going on in the base. I mean, it's the standard two sentence thing, but people always miss it. Like continually, they miss that. So, hmm. yeah, I, I think there's a lot, a lot of room for error if you don't take the time to explain. So that's what I'm trying to do. Okay. Yeah. So I, I agree with the correlation aspect. And to me, the measurement and then listening is not so much like, I'm trying to explain what the mic or what the measurement already is doing. It's more like now I'm getting a better understanding of my room interaction. Yeah. I'm that's that's a good way in my listening too. position. That's that's a that's a perfectly valid angle to come at it. Whereas I'm coming at it from the perspective of, well, this is what this is going to sound like, right? Like this anechoic measurement gives you an idea mm -hmm. of what the speaker is going to sound like. The estimated in-room response is the one I usually go to. And mm -hmm. I say, based on this, you can kind of have an idea of the tonality, and this is what you can kind of expect from most rooms. But your your example is perfectly valid too, where it's more, I guess, specific to your room and what you heard in that in that situation, right? Well, it's just so different, though, right? So you yeah, put it in a, it can put be. a speaker in a big room, right? Mm -hmm. Take them away from the walls. Right, that's going to be totally different. Small room away from the wall. My my seat is near the back wall. Is the base like how I'm going to interpret the bass response. Yeah. Be I usually don't opposite. touch the bass. 
Yeah, I, that's right? why I usually just don't touch the bass. Everything like 500 hertz. You don't what touch are you the doing bass? over there, Shauna? Are you <laughs> dropping the bass? You don't touch I'm it at all? It. Just all, leave it's, it. It's only treble only. But yeah. <laughs> no, I, I hear you, man. It, it, Aaron's it, audio it, quarter, all treble, all the time. It doesn't, the, the bass, oh, the bass, uh, it determines how the rest of the speaker sounds. Right. So my interpretation of the speaker yeah, like can 60% really of the sound, change. right? Yeah. I can move it in this room. The bass is really good. Oh, I'm happy. Boom in this room, I'm like, oh man, I don't know about the speaker. Yeah. And and to me, the problem is that my my problem is with other reviewers, no names, but specifically reviewers <laughs> who don't take that into account. Right. And so they assess this thing yeah. in their whatever room it is, and they don't do they even understand that it's a different like honestly dude I, I think half the time those dudes don't have a clue i, I really do I, I mean i'm not saying that it's shots fired i really do believe half the time these guys don't have a clue what they're talking about but uh, I, that makes it sound like i think i do <laughs> so there you go i'm john up there yeah china knows oh, what anyway. i'm talking about anyway that's that's yeah. that's, yeah, that's yeah. all i'm really do uh, no i think that's fair if we're trying to analyze and we're trying to talk about measurements yeah. i want to be honest and say yeah, I try to do that too. And you know what? It, it makes me feel nervous. And I write down my notes. I say, you know what? I 2.5 kilohertz and this and that. I take the measurement and it's like not nothing's happening there that I thought. I'm like, uh, I mean, maybe, maybe I don't need to say that in the video. <laughs> maybe I don't need to say this. Out. You know what I mean? Why am I going to do that? Yeah, it's no, going to lead to discussion I, where I have to say, uh, and then I have to explain myself, you know? Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I get it. So, it's okay. You know, it was, uh, I think you could do it for whatever right angle. There, anyway. There was, there was some... Uh, some big wigs over there at uh that we spoke to elon and i were sp speaking to and like you know i was like hey can i be frank and they're like please do and so we talked a whole bi bit a uh, bunch about their system and stuff and and i also said like you know one of the things that's a big problem is i think a lot of these people think they hear actually than they but then they act than they do um and he's like oh yeah that's definitely a big problem that we're noticing because everybody thinks they can hear better than they actually do and that's you know a problem in this space of reviewing speakers when there is no objective measurement taken it's just oh these are great <clears throat> yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's, that's it point. that's it that's all i need to say Th these are great so whatever room you have whatever you're playing on them they're great they're perfect buy them right <laughs> like, buy them. yeah well, that's right man and then i'll get more stuff from the company because i didn't say anything <laughs> bad about them right we know how this goes i think yeah. us four i can safely say that we're not like that and there's a handful of other guys that I watch that I feel like I can actually trust what they're saying. But by and large, I feel like the majority of reviewers are not trying to make any waves, you know? And that's unfortunate because truthfully, the videos that I create um, that get the most feedback are the ones where I'm, like I say, I didn't like something. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily sure. being negative, but if I'm yeah. just honest and I'm like, right. this, this is what I see, this is what I like, this is what I don't like. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not scared of men, I'm a shill. Oh yeah. Or for who? We, what water we, are you drinking right now? Yeah, what is that? That's generic, Some, man. Circle K purified water. Oh, there it is. Dude, Circle K. You sold out, man. You sold out. You know, I mean, I don't I I'm not <laughs> sponsored by anybody at all. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. Uh, okay. I got, I, I, got I would like to be Red Bull. I got the fake Red Bull here. 
Jeez, wanted dude. to try it out and see if it tasted like red. <laughs> Isn't it called like, red? It's called red something? Red thunder. Red thunder. Red bolt or red thunder. Oh, red thunder. Oh, uh, oh shout out. Like thank you for the donkey. super chat, Pioneer, yeah. by the way. Thank you. Um, I love that Joe Joe's drinking like generic Red Bull. Joe, I thought YouTube was a better career, man. I thought no, you were doing you all right. No, it's it's uh I wanted to I wanted to see if it tasted like it because it looked so similar. I'm like, uh, I gotta try it. They're trying oh, hard on the branding. It's, it's like 50 cents. It's not, cheaper, it's not so if you if you can't afford the two bucks, two fifty for the Red Bull, you go yeah. with Red Thunder, right? At least it's not Red Donkey, you know. So, <laughs> you know it's funny. I, I yeah, have like Red those, Bull, uh, Red Donkey, Red uh, Donkey. I have one of those oh, streams where you can make your own, you know, drinks. And this is yeah. like the flavor is so weak, I have to actually add my own kind of like oh flavoring to it. But yeah, as far as like being a shill, all that, I don't know, mm -hmm. man. I think all of us here are honest. I mean, even in our personal chat, sometimes I'm like, we might review something. And then I'm like, did you really like that thing? I thought it sucked. You know, <laughs> so we'll have our own internal arguments like, no, nah, I thought it was good. Yeah. Like, no, at no point has anybody said, uh, didn't a review, right? from this group here they nobody has ever done a review where they're like yeah this is really good and then back to actually you know what i actually sucked no i, I i've got Never. i got emotiva asking me if they can send me the new updated rmc1 because it didn't do so favorably well in my my review of it yeah you know? they said they got I most think... of the bugs worked out i'm thinking <laughs> <laughs> Send me something with all the bugs. I'll be honest with you. I, Sorry, that's yeah. what Sorry, I got, we got most of the bugs out. <sighs> okay. And you want me to seriously like review I mean, this thing? I love the company, but man, they just, well, they, like, struggle, they struggle in that area. Yeah. Kind of along the same note, you know, about being honest. Uh, I think there are people who feel like if you're not super positive about a speaker or whatever that was loaned to you by the manufacturer, mm -hmm. then the manufacturer will never send you anything again. But I've actually yeah, learned that's that that's true. quite the opposite. Yeah. Even uh, even yeah. Klipsch has reached out to me and said, and I didn't get my stuff through Klipsch. Uh, yeah. I got it through Audio Advice or other dealers or people, friends to review yeah. them. And I met one of the guys that works for Klipsch at um, at the Audio Advice show. And he actually said, mm -hmm. hey, for what it's worth, like we really do a value, like we value your feedback, even though it's yeah, not positive. Absolutely. And sure. I thought that was yeah. really cool because, you know, yeah. he didn't have to say that. So. If they really are passionate about making the best products that they possibly can within the budget that they've, established for that speaker amplifier whatever mm -hmm. feedback that you provide especially in the measurement thank you babe um in the measurement welcome. area thanks you now you're, now welcome. you're awesome welcome mike there you oh, go yes, there's your sponsorship better. ad starbucks <laughs> um but now they've got some feedback as to how we physically can make this better right. um i saw actually somebody posted i think in the comments that Emativa added a backlit remote um, and they, they were like, yeah, youth man, they added the backlit remote because of you. Well, it wasn't nice. because of me. Uh -oh. That was just something no. that I had, I had seen. It was because of you. Mm -hmm. uh oh, oh baby. Drink that. Drink out yeah. of that straw. I mean, it's, that's, it's, that's uh, it's, it's, it's mm. one of those things where, you know, I, I would do the same thing. I mean, I wish it would have, I, you know, this is great. I wish it had, you know, these three yeah. things. And then like, yeah. um, what is his name over <laughs> at the Valencia? He's like, Hey, that's a great, saw your video. That was a great yeah. idea about about yeah. having presets. Yeah, you know, I really like, like that, Valencia, so. but in every video, I tell them, "All right, guys, you're screwing up by putting the lighting flying straight up at my daggum projection screen." Yeah, I mean, come yeah, on, put a shield over it, angle it down. I don't mind saying Something, that yeah. because it's like 
that's not a good feature. I mean, it's cool that you got the lights. It's cool that you can turn them on and off. But how about like angle them somewhere that doesn't interfere with, you know, our TV? Or maybe, or maybe take away the ones under do the something. recliner yeah, and do, just have it in the, the side. cup holder area. I don't know. Just, right? Do something. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I yeah, asked so, which ones are y'all talking about? Like, are they at the bottom underneath the recliner? Yeah, at all the bottom. So when yeah, you yeah. raise the 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 footrest oh, up, yeah. you got lights like, shining on your literally when it gets oh, yeah. about right there, yeah. man. You got this beam of light that just nails your screen projector. Yeah. Um, anything up front, man, yeah. it's just like a, a blue wash or whatever color yep. you've selected. Mm -hmm. And that's with all of them, man. I've reviewed probably five different models and they all have the same exact led structure and style. Yeah. And so I think it's one of those things that we've got to be honest with it. You know, if there's mm -hmm. something that's not quite right, cause the last thing I want to do is say, Hey guys, I really like this product. I think it's great. I never try to tell somebody to go out and buy it. You have to base what your needs are, your budget is, and those features and see if it fits well with what you want. Yeah. But then yeah. if you go out and buy it and I said, man, these things are great, but I didn't tell you about this one part that really sucks. Yeah. You know, then it comes back on me and it comes back on you guys. And so I think we truly value that. So yeah. I, I also think what is it 2023 now? Like I I think I think now especially with everything going on in the internet and all this, that, the other, mm -hmm. we can't just be like, Hey, this sounds like ass, but then it measures perfectly fine. <laughs> like it measures, like it would sound great. Right. Or it, or it measures right. like ass. And then we say it sounds great. Like there's it's proof. 2023 is the year of proof. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. So what if it, and, what if it, and oh, so for all of Here you we out go. there, uh -oh. if you want to prove me wrong, you got to come with proof. None yeah, of this. Yeah. Oh, he said, they said, oh, they do this for a living. Guess what? A lot of people that do things for a living do it half ass because mm -hmm. it's their job. Secondly, yeah. you think you've been actually good at something because you've been doing it for a long time. Not necessarily true. Mm -hmm. So there's that as well. So yeah, 2023 is the year of proof. You want to prove Chana, tell, tell us how you really feel, man. <sighs> <laughs> oh, yes. Detail them. Yeah, the, <laughs> you, you guys don't want to know. You don't want to know. But um, funny, man. Hold on a second. There was a so this guy asking about Thomas. Okay, so cool. Thomas, um, I so so Thomas has these um paradigms on the wall on his wall. Okay, let me show you guys. Where is the share screen? And so full call paradigm. Okay, so he's got these millennia LP2s. He's got three of them, right? So that's what he had before. He's asking about the focal. So look, mm -hmm. if, if you want to, I've seen this, I haven't heard it because I saw mm -hmm. it at Cedia when they first like announced it and put it out, but I didn't get to hear it. I, I mean, at what 500 each 549 each, it's not bad price wise. Um, and I would recommend if you were going to stick with those, go with these for your high channels, right? Cause it's got a little mounting thing. Um, mm -hmm. but honestly, if you want to, Yeah. <laughs> If you want to make the move to like Focal, I don't, I don't know why they're showing a car here, but um, if you want to make the move, <laughs> if you want to make the move to Focal, Focal has a, a bunch of different options. I like the Focal Aria line, and that's the one that has the Focal dome flax or the the flax material or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. So it's really up to you. Um, I can't say whether the Paradigm is better sounding than the Focal. I know the Focal costs more. I've never heard the paradigm. That's why I say, like, mm -hmm. I would, before you make any purchase decisions, go to go listen if you go can. Go listen to, yeah. No. Um, 
Yeah. So that's that's what I would say, Thomas. I, I can't hey, so, say like if one's better than the other because I haven't heard the other one. That that paradigm, I don't know if you caught it, but it said the frequency uh, range is 120 and up. What's up, Elon? So which it doesn't one? get low. Uh, the, oh, well, either oh, one the of those two that you were just showing. Oh, yeah, I just yeah, you're right. That. It does. It's 120 uh, so that may be something to pay attention to. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You got look at the numbers with the focal, uh, those on walls you were looking at, um, and see. And if you want to go in wall, the Focal mm. 300 series is phenomenal. And um, yeah, you should check And the 1000 series are not. 1000 series expensive. Yeah. <laughs> They're not They're at all worth it. No. They're, They're not, not at all <laughs> worth it. Not at all worth it. Okay. At good all. Revel or Kef, yeah. that's, those are easy. Monoprice ones are good too for in wall. Hey, yeah, you said you like those. Hey, um, I'd love for you to give us some per listens. I'd be curious to see. Yeah. Ooh. And what those would be when i get back up and testing maybe uh really cool. I, I you know honestly i think people are you know some of these companies are a little a little gun shy you know elon elon osborne is here what's up elon what's up Elon? Uh, when we were at nakamichi i was like hey i got i got a i got a file uh can can we play this because it yeah. was a 916 call out like this is the biggest thing for sound bars right is it is it you know successfully reproducing a sound that's supposed to be like right up here yeah, and that's that's the one thing. He's he's like, oh, I, I don't know. He started making jokes. He's like, what kind of <laughs> videos are these? You know. So <laughs> we thought it was pretty funny, but uh, yeah, no dice, no dice. So I, I would, I if if a company, if I was a speaker company and I was making some really high end speakers, I and I knew the way they measured, I'd be like, man, we yeah. cannot let Aaron get a hold of these. <laughs> you know, if, if you knew they measured that, do not if, let if, that if guy, knew, Yeah, if I knew they measured do, that, don't let them. <laughs> Don't let them. Yeah. On, but on the other Here's hand, if you had some speakers that you knew measured extremely well, be like, I'm getting it to Aaron. Yeah. yeah, right? wanna, yeah. I mean, Jeff with JTR, he loves objective measurements. Like he wants you to measure them, you know? Yeah. And I think the same thing ProListen would be all for it. They're like, look, dude, we know how these things measure. We designed these, we built these. These guys really know their stuff. So I don't think they would have, yeah. you know, any problem doing that. So that'd be awesome. I don't think they would either. Yeah, Jeff and uh, Dan at Perlis mm-hmm. have been great yeah. to talk to. So I don't think yeah. they would have an issue. No, they're so, like, uh, they want you. Like, that's actually, you know, they want you to measure them kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, don't that's a good thing. Not everybody's that confident. No. No. Yeah, uh, that is true. Joe, we got a super chat from Joey G's audio channel. Thank you so much uh, for the super chat. And he says, Chana, is it too late to give us music slash sound effects track in a 744 file? Or wait for the Blu-ray to be released. Uh, Joe says you can do anything. Oh, well, Joe is definitely right. Well, well, I can do anything. However, the disc is already already yeah, done. That's the disc is already done. We are finalizing the artwork for the Blu-ray case and getting our getting it all to the replicator. I can't believe it's almost. Yeah, it's, it's almost it's happening. It's almost yeah. here. Uh, uh, but, but we did this uh, right before the show. We are. Pretty much finishing up setting up the Discord group. So for anybody who purchased, we have a mm-hmm. group specifically for people to go in there, talk about their different ways of calibrating, asking questions about how to use it. So there might be some people who are advanced, and they can, you know, we can we can all go in there and share. And if you're at a different level, there's a place for you in the Discord group. Um, but also there's yeah. a section there for demos. Mm. So That's maybe right. it could be a place, Chana, where we can throw in some demos that may, maybe stuff like uh, not pink noise. Not, but yeah, of course. Yeah, so I mean, I, I already have there. like one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four. 
I don't know. I my you know I'm I'm running on fumes. This today was like a whole bunch of like emails and phone calls. So um, if I can make some more demos, they'll probably go there first. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and then yeah, might be a a, a reason, maybe just another reason why if you're on the fence about whether you should get it, we have this whole community based on this uh, toolkit. So we'll see. There, um, there it is. You know, I, I wanted to share something. Oh. What do we got here? I wanted to share something about uh, the Dirac uh, art, mm -hmm. right? Because Michael, you had uh, you had Matt from Storm Audio on mm -hmm. your podcast, and so yeah, I watched it. I thought that was interesting to hear him, you know, talk about it. I kind of caught it uh, in the middle of it, so I didn't watch yeah. the beginning. But um, I I actually came across this one forum that I guess is. Uh, a sweet a swedish forum right so okay. i had to yeah. use google translate oh funny right so i'm not sure how good it <laughs> you know how well it translated maybe they're all right. saying nice things and it doesn't mm -hmm. you know translated incorrectly but it's kind of funny so they talk about here oh, oh yeah so direct live art this time from youth man so they have your link mm -hmm. you know <clears throat> and so i i think that accountability is important right yeah. i don't like forums I typically just don't like forums because I feel like it's too slow to respond. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you miss out on like certain contexts, like you might be joking and the guy sure. takes it seriously. And like, if you have an argument, right, it takes forever. It takes a whole day because you say something, got to wait 10 minutes, 30 minutes. Yeah. And then this person responds like, Oh, right, what? Sure. oh okay. right. all right. So it takes forever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just so Joe getting all fired argument. up. What are you saying? And I have a simple argument here. Right. And there's no accountability. I don't know who this person is. I don't know who Neiman right. is. I don't know who this person is. Right? Right. And so he has this whole thing. Uh, uh, you know, the first comment, this guy, Arkspin, says, so Arkspin, he says, uh, it's been a long time since I saw the husband of an ill-prepared person. That's probably not a good translation. I mean, Joe has access to Derek Live Art for a long time. He's even had the staff from Derek over to show him around so everything is done correctly, yet this disjointed hodgepodge of disjointed information and inaccuracies. I'm disappointed in YouTubers that they feel uh, whatever. Mm -hmm. So if this is correct, the translation is correct. He's basically mm -hmm. saying disjointed. Um, I can understand maybe it's the way I talk, right? Because I, I'm trying to simplify a lot of times. Mm -hmm. If I just wanted to say it, how I'm thinking about it, I think a lot of people would be like, what is this dude even talking about? So I'm trying to, as I'm saying it, I'm doing a conversion in my head. I'm doing a translation in my mind of, mm -hmm. you know, it, into something simple that as many people as I can possibly think of can understand what I'm saying. So anyway, maybe that's why it seems like that. And I can get better at that. Right? <laughs> I need to get better at that. But as far as um, uh, misinformation and inaccuracies, unless this guy knows better, you know, what yeah. does he know? What do you... Does he it's have pretty, a, pretty vague. Like he didn't really uh, say what was disjointed or what was. Yeah, inaccurate. maybe it's the way I talk. I get it. Okay, yeah. that's fine. But I mean, you're you're a like, hater, dude. I mean, you're hate you're hating on Nakamichi. <laughs> you're hating on art on Dirac. You know. Um, but I guess I guess my my question is, I, I mean, I think yeah. I really know about this thing. If I've been messing with it for a past year. I have an idea. Aaron wrote Aaron, all Aaron that. wrote it. Aaron <laughs> wrote it in Swedish or whatever. He is Nimmin. Where is he? Nimmin. Um, Nimmin. I'll, I'll get back to this one because, oh, this one does mention Aaron. So he says, 
uh, disjointed, getting a bit of a salesman vibe from him. Well, number one, in order to be a salesman, you have <laughs> to earn a commission. I get, I make zero. That would be the, I'd be the dumbest salesman. So I make no commission off of them. So that's what are you talking about, right? And even if I have products that I do uh, get affiliate from, it still doesn't matter. So I don't know what that guy's talking about. Uh, he can read, read and recite tech. Text and take measurements and recite them. The technical know-how have been doubtful. Usually call this a diploma engineer. Okay. All right. Um, so I'm actually the opposite. Right. I don't. I don't read the the you know the documentation. I try to figure it out first. Right. I try to use it and then come up with ideas before you know. I, I'm not the one reading their white paper. Right. Other I've seen videos where other people read the white paper about how it works this and that mm -hmm. and then they talk about you know that's really <laughs> reciting the text right that really is just mm -hmm. going based and off what that's not to me that's not the same as this is my impression right that's different yeah. so um this and then he goes off to say uh there are many people out here who would rather see their uh cut their teeth in uh Derek art uh someone from the uh their Aaron's audio corner. So that's why I wanted to bring you up, Aaron. So they did right on that, could, by the way. I was right. You could, you could give a more in depth analysis with their technical knowledge. I don't think so. But okay. So we're, we're talking about spatial audio, right? We're talking about. Well, my, uh, I, don't, I don't know anything about spatial audio. Yeah. I'll be honest. I'm glad they didn't send it to me because when I'm looking at you were showing the screenshots, I'm thinking, man, how would you even like know how to use that? It definitely doesn't seem yeah, like right. super user friendly. So you know, yeah, so. he was disappointed that I got this. Anyway, the reason I'm doing this is just because like I want people to understand when you post something on these forums, mm -hmm. I can read it, right? Mm -hmm. I can read it. I'm a normal human being too, right? But guess what? There's there's a back and forth, right? So you can say anything you want about me, but I can also respond. It's this mm -hmm. is fair game yeah. here. Mm -hmm. I know, like so, the, know Joe that. was like Joe was like. We we should we should not do a forum. Facebook groups are kind of like why let's do um let's do Discord. And he sent me this AVS forum <laughs> link and I went over there and I was totally reminded. They're like, oh <clears throat> this is from Technodad. You know, it was about our calibration <laughs> oh, no. tools toolkit. He's like, This is from Technodad. It's not even in 4K HDR. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh. Okay, cool. You make one. Yeah, right. wait. That gets pretty brutal you know? in the ABS form, man. But the, but like, the best is the guy. Almost that, toxic. I will never give any money, any of my money to Techno Douche. So <laughs> I mean, you like that? I, one. I, I like that one, and I think I'm going to respond at some point. But I don't know. It's anyway, hey, create a new user account called that Techno Douche. Hey, and what's then up, respond man? to him. So, what's up, I, dude? I saw you add me in here. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you tag me. Uh, That's so, awesome. Let me let me just finish up with this real quick, just so you can get that this off the funny. screen. Okay, so yeah. okay. this guy, okay. who's this? Who who are you, Sir Mix a lot? Okay, oh. Sir Mix a lot. That's right. The guy, Neiman. All right, uh, Sir Mix a lot says uh, it's been going on for a long time now. Joe Intel sells. Just the things he likes or makes money from. So it's so obvious. There's nothing quite like Odyssey. I don't even like Odyssey. <laughs> Preferably when he measures it yes. for you, of course. I think the whole league has become old and stale. <laughs> but, okay. The same brands and other... Okay. 
Joe likes to apologize that he hasn't heard the exact product, but of course he's heard something similar. It's rarely good, like the products he advocates. Okay. Okay. And it, okay, so this is it. He says when he explains that the guys from Dirac don't want to listen to his ideas as his magic beans is so incredibly good and he loses interest in Dirac, then all trust in the man disappears. Okay. So if this translation translation is somewhat okay, mm-hmm. I can just say mm-hmm. this. I mentioned, and I didn't have to mention it, right? That I have I have my own things that I'm working on, right? That some people might say, oh, that's you know, maybe a competing product in some ways, right? Even this calibration toolkit. Some people might consider that a competing product, right? But I didn't have to say that, right? I didn't have to say, hey, somebody might think that I'm salty about it because of this. And maybe there is a part of that. I'm a human being, right? But I didn't have to tell anybody that. I could have just kept it to myself, right? So then, you know, I don't know. I guess to me, that was more honest to talk about that about way, ways that you could possibly be skewed. But in the end, that's only a small bit, right? Mm-hmm. So I actually like the guys at Dirac. I respect those guys a lot. So these guys are confused. Mm-hmm. Am I selling Dirac, right? Am I not selling it? What is the deal? Like, make up your mind. <laughs> am, I, am, yeah. I, am, I, am I pushing for it? And the, the funny thing is, it's just things are complicated. I can respect the guys at Dirac. I can respect what they do. I can be amazed at how well it works and I can still not really like it that much. Mm-hmm. All those things can be true. Yeah, you can appreciate more. some, but it may not. I think, I think what, the, what, what the issue is like, it's <clears throat> with all these things, nothing is black and white. No. There's always like nuance to a lot of these discussions. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can like this a little bit and like that, like, a little bit of that's, this, a little bit of that, you know? That's what it is. I think that's that's Why not the message is it's not just like, is it, it's great. It's not yeah. just that. Some things yeah. are great. Some things are not. Some things I like. Some things I don't like. That's just how how it goes. It's real life. Yeah. Um, there's a um, Pioneer1995 had a question. Also gave us a super chat earlier. There's supposed to be a, a message without. Oh, message. yeah. Is Mac good to use with REW and Dirac? Sure. I, I've used yeah, them. They work. They're almost yep. easier to set up, right? I haven't even set up REW with mine, um, mm-hmm. with my MacBook. But my understanding is you don't have to download the drivers. It just kind of works, right? Yeah. It works yeah. like, right? I just plug in the microphone, put in the file, the, what is it well, called? The, the main file. difference would be when you're trying to use the HDMI mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because on the Mac, you just plug in the HDMI mm-hmm. and just, you can choose it and it accesses you know, 7.1 channels. Yeah. Right? Nice. Eight channels. On on the PC, you have to use like ASIO drivers. So you yeah. have to download something else to make that right. work. And it's like, ah. Right. Yeah. Jed, Jed Presley just said that ASIO works right, better we with the yeah. We got yeah. a pro here. I need to get it set up on mine. Yeah. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, Mark, thank you for the super chat. Odyssey uh, multi EQX development slow. Jeff Clark left. Is that a. That, uh, you know. I don't know wh- where where's that information from because uh, you know he doesn't know. Heavy Beats asks no, no, Aaron no, no, Macintosh no, looks know. sweet. Yeah, heavy, still heavy, wrapped in the heavy... plastic before they could say it. <laughs> it's hermetically Go sealed. Ahead. It is. <laughs> I haven't taken like them out couch, because right? I'm moving. It's like your couch, still wrapped in plastic. <laughs> it's just like 
Yep, yep. Just like my uh, Russian nesting dolls, they're all each individually sealed as well. <laughs> the Barushka dolls? harder to put together. Yeah. 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 Macintosh. And then another Macintosh and an audio precision. And I see, I see all the shiny plastic. You do. You see all the shiny plastic. All right. So we- here's the deal. I'm moving, right? But there's not enough room in the living room where I'm staying at for the huge boxes these came in. So oh. I had to take these out of the boxes and put the boxes out in the garage. <laughs> and then I'm packing them all up this weekend and moving them. Yeah. Well, congrats. Right. Congrats, dude. That's, a, that's exciting. I know you were, you were asking about television recommendations. I was like, oh. Uh, oh, I know. I know. I know a little bit about those things. You uh, you know uh, a little bit, yeah. I didn't uh, know. Who, I, didn't, I was like, who do I know that I could ask? And I was just like, <laughs> I don't know. You should yeah, call FOMO. Well, FOMO. Yeah, that guy probably knows. <laughs> I, I, I When you said $1,000 and, and all that, I went to the Twitter chat that I have with FOMO, Brandon, Be The Installer, Classy Tech, and tech with kg i'm like hey my buddy needs uh what, what can he get big for a thousand bucks and they 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 recommended a high sense and i was like uh i don't know yeah. if you want a good quality tv i'd say try to get the cheapest oled you can at 65 inch and uh that yeah. like that one i showed you see said, well, the, it's, it's in my it's shopping okay. cart it's okay to ask shauna if you're willing to spend money yeah. Like if you're yeah. if you're looking for like a budget option, yeah. you yeah, don't, don't, want, ask me. don't ask well, me. Well, I'll I'll be on the opposite end of that. I have a high sense 85 inch. I love it. It's yeah. not the most yeah. amazing TV in the world, but for a non-video file dude like myself that's watching Survivor, you know, with my daughter and well, let's let's know. let's also be real. When, hmm. when, with great. Mike, one eye's looking at the screen, the other one's <laughs> over there. So that's awesome. We, <laughs> we have to put it into context, right? That's We're talking about context hey, earlier. That's okay, man. That's all good. That's totally fine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that it? I'm, I'm very yes. surprised, honestly, was, at like how well the blacks are on it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, again, you I'm know, not putting honestly, it next to an OLED. What is it that you have? The high sense one? U7H. Yeah, so, so the newer version is the U8G, which is mm-hmm. the one that um but apparently the 75 inch is like a unicorn. You can't find them anywhere because oh, okay. Yeah. And then uh Classy said you need to do two things and then they it looks great. Yeah. Like you turn off yeah. Dolby Vision <laughs> and then you have your Apple TV do Dolby Vision on the Apple TV and then mm-hmm. use that as opposed to the OS. So I was just sure. like, dude, this is too much jumping through hoops. I'll tell Aaron to just go get go get an LG B2 and call it a day. Yeah, that's um, pretty simple. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I um, like it. Yeah, yeah. Go small. I mean, go small. Yeah, yeah. Go with. The well, small I mean, I might as well. Go, I'm with, used to go I'd about to say go with what you're used to. Go small. <laughs> I try to take it before you got there. I knew where it was at as soon as you started. Oh. <laughs> like I'm gonna steal your thunder. <laughs> I'm not gonna listen. Sorry, man. man. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I need a flashlight, um, binoculars to go pee. <laughs> Uh, here's some other comments. Hey, Joe, I never, I have never seen you impressed by anything. That's why I love you, brother. Uh, um, he's and, never seen me impressed with it. Yeah. Like, you don't, yeah. you don't get super, super you excited about stuff. Like, I don't know, man. The, yeah. the mono price, the, what is it? The B sixes. You were really impressed with the base on those. I remember yeah. you like being really excited about that. Yeah, Even well, before I, you review. They have to understand my, my, my bias, right? Right. So if it's inexpensive like and really like, a very good bang for your buck, like mm-hmm. high value and inexpensive. Those are the th- types of things that get me excited because I feel like other people can afford it. Right. Like if it's right. really expensive and really good, yeah. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. But there's I know a, there's a few of you that can, not everybody can afford that. You know, it's like almost discouraging at a point, you know, a few people like, I oh now I'm telling you how great it is, but 
you can't buy this. So mm-hmm. that's what I heard. Oh, like a like a like a banging Olufsen soundbar. Oh, like, dude, I don't own it. A few thousand dollars. Doesn't matter if you own it. We don't own this stuff either. Well, it's like the the Focal Stellias, right? Look, they're three thousand dollar headphones. Right. Like, yeah, they're, they're good, but what? A, uh, it's it's not that exciting. They should be good. Right. They're three thousand bucks. They kind of expect it. Show me some sixty dollar ones that are really good, and then I'll be really impressed. <laughs> All right, here you go. Thirty five dollars. These are nice. They're not amazing, but they're nice. <laughs> thirty five bucks. That's just me, though, right? Yeah, I, I'm impressed with that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah. I, I try not to be like, you know, I know, I know when Michael is impressed, what he's going to be like, you guys, it was phenomenal. <laughs> that's, that's, that's it. And it's a big old and smile. Like, gonna oh, be, he really liked this. It's going to be him going. <laughs> Tristan, he always tells <laughs> like he can always tell when I'm excited about something because of how like how much I smile. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, hey yeah, guys, this is smile. really pretty cool. I like this a lot. But if I'm like, guys, this stuff is is yeah, yeah, it's all in smile, man. I mean, yeah, I think uh, I think I disappointed uh, um, Raymond, the CEO of Nakamichi, because I was kind of just like, yeah, it's like, pretty that's good. cool. <laughs> it's pretty good. I'm like, I need two files to be played, and I will tell you if it's really good or not. <laughs> then he wouldn't play them. So I'm like, oh, okay. That's it. But yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I think the one thing I really got excited about were those two subwoofers. As opposed to the single. I think that was mm-hmm. uh, that was one. People could really tell. I was, I was hyped up on that. And it was even better with Joe's Magic Beans. Oh, don't be a salesman, yeah. man. Oh! Do oh, selling. But here's the thing. Uh, we, we got a new uh, range. So I actually had to move my speakers so that we can get the old range out and the new range in. I had to move a surround speaker. I had to move my front left main. I'm like, oh, crap. Is this exactly how I had it? So that so means I'm going to, I guess I'm going to go upstairs at some point this week and uh, manually calibrate that since now the Magic Beans is off, right? I yeah. Moved that, I moved two speakers. I have no idea exactly if they're in the right spot. So, all huh? right. I got I'm gonna, you. I'm gonna I'm gonna use the spatial audio calibration toolkit. Yeah, let's see what you can do. Let's see how calibrate. close you get. Uh, Matt, like, oh, cool. Matt says, "What I don't understand is how you can talk at the same time while you're sporting such a huge smile." I I, I do it's wonder easy, that. Easy, how do you man. do that? Hi guys, that's it's phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best thing ever. Woo! It's hard. I, I, yeah, I can't. Well, when you don't smile a lot, I mean, I guess it would be hard. Oh, oh my lot, god. So. Listen, why don't y'all go talk about finances somewhere else? (laughs) (laughs) All right. This this one keeps being asked. I don't know if you guys. All right. Which one? What's that? This one. There it is. Is the Monolith Encore C6 a good upgrade with EQ over SVS's uh, 5-inch center integrating with JBL ES 80s is my fronts. Wanted a three-way center, not MTM, but limited to 8 inches tall in oh, entertainment center. No. Okay, that, that height on those on those three-way centers is really the... So that's an Aaron question. Yeah, I was actually just thinking. I think I've reviewed both of those. So <clears> I can <throat> go and try to see, refresh my brain a little bit. Uh-oh. Oh, we didn't Uh-oh. read somebody's super chat. Yeah, let's Where'd we miss you, buddy? We didn't mean to intentionally. Thanks for letting us know. Header. I, I started, I think, in Star. That's the only one in Star that we haven't talked about. Oh, Edward? okay. Okay, yeah. So we've got oh, okay. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got you. We just hadn't got to it. Sorry about that. We'll get to it in a second. Yep. What were you going to say? 
I th I'm just looking at the data only. I'm going to say monoprice C6 with EQ. That's it. Looks like it might be a better option here. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. I wouldn't have expected that. Oh, although I keep going. Hmm. That changed. Is it because the waveguide is so big on that thing? Does that help? Um, uh, I mean, it does help to some degree. So actually, the SVS has a wider dispersion pattern. So that might be, yeah. Oh, that's a tough one, man. Can you order? Here's here's the easy one. Can you order both and try them hmm. and send the one back that you don't want? So I'm assuming that he's going to use EQ to kind of get him to sound more like his JBL ES 80s, which I don't know. Yeah. It's, my, my main my main issue is that the SVS has like, it looks like the enclosure is probably too small. Um, and there's some kind of really big dip, like right around 200 hertz, right? And the, the model price is more linear. It's not linear, but it's more linear. Um, both would take well to EQ. Um, but man, I don't know about EQing up a dip. That's where I'm like, ooh. Remember I'm that. saying, I think he's talking about the old center from SVS, not the prime center. Not the prime center. Ooh, well, SCS, then I don't know. Ooh, I don't, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure about that then. Because I'm looking at the SCS, prime center. SCS. Okay, yeah, I don't know what the SCS is. Well, SCS. I mean, there's the SVS yeah. prime and there's the SVS ultra center channel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but what is the SCS? Is that like a, a really old center? What? SCS. Yes, he said it's he... right there. Over SVS SCS five inch center. Yeah, he won't. He, I don't think he'll have the answer to that because no. um, they might have. Oh, a... okay. Hey, here it is. Way back in the day. Let me share this. Yeah, and he's, he's okay. going to need to look at some spin oh. data probably to tell you. Yeah. So he at least what the directivity is looking like. He's referencing the old versus the. SVS. Correct. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So yeah. SCS01. We could take Gosh, an yeah. educated guess. Yeah. The estimated SCS. Yeah. Let me pull that up. Is here. So, this is. Once you're ready, Michael, let me know. I'm ready. Yep. I'm okay. good. There it is. Oh yeah, you see that? I don't think Mike. I don't think he'll like that right there. Just by no, dude. You using my eyes. That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't even know they had them. That man. Oh, that was written in 2012. Ten years ago, look at that weight. None. I know what Aaron thinks about those uh, tweeters. Look at that, look at that rating, man. That, no wave, no hey, wave guide. But that rating, What's though. Him? Look, look, look. The ratings are up there, man. Of it's, course, it's, it's written. <laughs> I mean, it's are a, we surprised? That's a review. It's it's yeah, gotta be. That's popping right there, man. One, it's I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to guess. So I don't stone. think I don't think that that will work out. I would. Well. I would prefer to go with the known quantity, and that would be the mono price here. Hold on, I'll HT Labs, the very bottom, they got oh, a measure section. Okay, yeah. that's what I was looking for. Okay, Which their right measurements here. are probably crap, but okay. okay, here we go. Let's see what it says. Oh, Ooh. Aaron, give us the lowdown. Oh, why did LCR it just oh, the ad up there pushed it down? Wow, look at is that five dB increments? I'm sure it is, right? Uh, yeah, it looks man, like you cannot even see this. Blocks. Yeah, probably I'm 100 that's, there. That's uh, 50, 60, 70, so 80, 90. Look at like, a, what is that around like 8K? You're plus 5 dB. <laughs> oh, right here. Slim says yeah. he, 
he thinks the prime center is better than SCS one because it's a true three way. They got anything else down here? No. What, how is that a true three way? It looks like he said the prime center, the newer one, the prime center. Yes, yes, the prime center. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Yeah, but if you're talking about comparing that older design, I think I'd probably just go with the mono price mm -hmm. because both of them are two way designs. So they're going to have a huge yeah. hole in the response off axis, I'm sure, because yeah. they're MTM. So. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Nice. Cool. Uh, hopefully that helps. Yeah, he's got upgrade itis, he says. <laughs> he has the old SCS one. So hmm. oh. hey, go just buy that shit. Do it. Do buy it. it all. Treat yourself. Everything. There, go for it. Upgrade it. All right, okay. Hedrick. I can't test speakers before buying them, and my opinions are SBS Prime Tower and Klipsch 6000 F2. 90% movies, games, 10% <laughs> music. Any recommendation? Thanks. Mm -hmm. Oh, what do you guys think? I, well, I I've never had any Prime Towers. Yeah, I haven't reviewed the Primes. And I've reviewed the larger clips. Um, it was the 8060 FA. So that's the one with the built-in Atmos. But it's basically the 8000 just right. with Atmos built-in. So it's going to sound the same. So the 6000, you know, it's going to have a little bit less output than the 8000. But I really like that series. I've actually got the new... Um, the whole system from the version two, which is three years newer, because I guess I reviewed the, the, the original in about time. three years. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I would say this. <laughs> I haven't had the prime towers. I've had the prime pinnacles. Those things were <laughs> short and stout. Like those things were little guys, but they put out a ton of, ton of sound. Um, here's one thing to think about. If you go SVS, they are going to be harder to drive than the Klipsch. Mm -hmm. right so if you have an external power amp i'd say you could probably be fine with either but um you know i would recommend a power amp for your front stage if you're using any svs they definitely have i don't a, know i don't I don't, have, I don't i don't think that it's super me. hard to drive actually <clears throat> I, I i would like it but anyway, i know they take more me. power because it, i had them in my living room back when i had the ultras and i had the rf7 version threes and i had to turn up my avr it was just a two-channel avr with a Two, it even had an amplifier on it, 200 watt, but um, but I had to turn it up quite a bit more to get the same volume every time. Chan and I always uh, disagree when it comes to that. Like, oh, I'm like, yeah. I don't know that they're hard. That's to because drop, he's I'm wrong. I run them on some pretty uh, like like class D, like tiny little class D amps, and yeah. they played more than loud enough. Um, the treble's still hot for me on the SVS even. Like oh, I want to, I want to bring down the trouble yeah. on that. But most of the clip stuff, I think you like some paradigm, though. Huh? Do you, th did you have you listened to any paradigm speakers? No, I think you'd they, like those. You, I wouldn't like them. I think you would. I, I don't would like care for them. But <clears throat> I think you would. Why the trouble's not hot on them? Yeah, they're are definitely you setting me up. Are they? No, like no, no, I'm dead serious. <laughs> no, are you setting no, me no, up? No, no, seriously. There's a lot of guys that like paradigm. Okay, so. Yeah. They're just definitely more of a, I would consider them more slightly laid back to, than my taste. Okay. Like I like a more forward sounding speaker. All right. Yeah. Um, um, all right. So I say I, I've okay. measured the 6,000 F2s. I'm looking okay. back through my measurements. I'm trying to remember what I said about them. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that 6,000 F2s are probably okay. Uh, put them somewhat close to wall, like two to probably about two feet from the wall. Um, 
and then point them like somewhat on axis, play around with the aiming of them a little bit. But actually, like looking back through my measurements, they're pretty linear. There's a dip, like a 3 dB dip around like 200 hertz or so, which implies to me that they were designed to be placed somewhat near a wall to get that extra boundary reinforcement. Mm. So I would say give it a shot, man. Especially like when, when we're talking about stuff like this too, the main thing to keep in mind is a lot of retailers have a good return policy, right? Like yeah. even if you have to pay return shipping or, or something sure. like that in 50 bucks, like it's worth yeah. to try it at home and see what RTS, you return that yeah. shit. And then yeah, if you sure. buy directly from, oh, I don't know if you're in the United States because ah, that's a good point. Um, that may make a difference. Different, um, what is it? Like monetary symbol thing. Mm. Yes. Well, I don't know what I don't know where you're from. CLP. I, don't know where that is. I love it oh, when Reverend yeah. Reverend Slim says the SVS aren't that hard to drive. My prime towers didn't sound that bad running off my Denon 4500. So, Chilean. but they have more like breathing like, room with yeah. <laughs> with the amp. Yeah. I always like it when somebody says, "Man, you don't have to," but it doesn't sound that bad. It's like saying, you know, <laughs> this drink ain't that bad. You should buy one. I don't want a drink that's that bad. I want a drink that tastes Good. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just messing with you, Reverend. Hey, look at Tim. Biased opinion. I like the non-echo chamber of these guys. An echo chamber of everyone agreeing and talking only one route to the end is boring. <laughs> saying saying this again. Yeah, Thanks, we, Tim. we disagree. We disagree. We really share. Well. I mean, we, we like share what we too. really believe. You know, I disagree with Aaron's face. Totally okay. I disagree with your face. <laughs> got me, dude. <laughs> you got nothing, huh? You got nothing, man. You got me. It's like telling somebody, shut up. What, what comeback are you going to have? Like, oh, you right. shut up. No, man. Yeah. You've already lost. Uh, okay. I'll, yeah. I'll shut up. I'll do that then. Fine. <laughs> I don't like you. Uh, except, except for Best Buy. I worked as a cashier there for a few years in my 20s and often heard people screaming at the customer service desk because of their horrible return policy. It's like two weeks. Dude, when we... Oh, yeah. I remember. Yeah. Yes. 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 I worked there for a while. When we added the restocking fee, people lost their oh, stuff. I bet it. Like straight I up. I mean, when they found out they had to, they bring something back. We're like, yeah, it's going to cost you like, I don't know what it was, 15%. They're like, what? Man, they just go off. Well, you know, it's funny. It's, uh, you know, reviewing these TVs, you know, we talk, uh, us, we all talk. And like, I remember one of the guys was like, man, I, 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 I'm at my max on returning a TV to Best Buy for the month. So, because <laughs> they all know, uh, yeah. you know, this one person just buys a TV, returns it in two weeks, buys it, buys another one, you know. Yeah. It's uh, one of those. Things. I, I think it's funny that Elon, oh, I'm going to come back up to this. Like Elon said, for a few years in his 20s, I thought the dude was like 23. So, what is he saying? He's not 20. <laughs> he looks yeah. young. Right. Actually, you know what's surprising is, I guess he's tall. He didn't. Oh yeah, he's tall. Videos, yeah, he doesn't look like. Well, it's always like his, his, his like face or like 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 yeah. like this. But yeah, yeah dude. One of the first things that was Joe the best said to part. me when I met him was Joe was like, "You're not tall as I thought you'd be." And I was like, "What? Okay. Well, you're yeah, ugly. I, you were like... I hate your face. I'm leaving." No, it's from that one speaker. <laughs> Remember, I told you you had a picture. With oh this, yeah, like, the, the, the original like, down here. Yeah, because it's a short tower speaker. Yeah, Elon <laughs> uh, turned turned forty last August. What? Oh wow! Who did? Elon. Elon. So Elon's only there. It is. Elon's a Dang. month older than I am. Okay. Yeah. Elon's on that secret juice, man. You have to share with us, dude. I'm like, uh, grandpa, the part of the yes was man. like, hey, hey, man, can you see somebody in the distance? See, see, there's <laughs> the logo in the distance because <laughs> that's how you were using. 
He's like, no, Look I at don't Ike, see that. Ike talking that mess. <laughs> Ike, I don't know if you guys know, but Ike's like eight uh, foot Ike tall. Seven, giant seven foot two or something. He's nuts. Yeah. He's like 55 feet tall. All right. Um, <laughs> what do you guys think about audio control amps and processors? Yeah, Chana. Audio control. Uh, I mean, I, mean I, I or tried to order an audio control. I even paid for it. No, <laughs> here we go. Six months later, it still got no audio control. That's crazy. It was pretty XR6. bad for them. So there's your answer. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know. I would love to have one of them in here, in here, but I don't know. Maybe I'll try again. Maybe, oh, maybe because I was at ninety five thousand subscribers. Now I'm at one twenty. Though, like, re I mean, I paid, so I don't even know if that, why that matters. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> it's ridiculous. What was the old yeah. audio control thing for the, the subs before the, the, the epicenter? Epicenter. Yeah, dude. I had one of those. Yeah, everybody had one of those, man. And there was something else too that I, I can't know. remember what it was, but there was there was two main things. I remember the epicenter was. Something was like a was it was the epicenter the base thing or was there a separate base thing? It was definitely the base one, and I don't know what it did, but it it did its thing. Like whatever it did, base restorer maybe. Does that sound right? I don't, I don't remember, <laughs> but I'm, I like I'm that epicenter. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was just like like adding in frequencies. It's probably, probably like boosting the lows or something, or, or just high. taking a, a like an octave below whatever the frequency is, like just adding yeah. that in, like. Here's extra yeah. bass. Yeah, anyway. it says a uh, patented bass maximizer. <laughs> oh, is. they had extra bass. They had super bass, a super bass button. Or is it a module yeah. that just added bass? Yeah. Oh, I don't even that remember. Was... Yeah, I remember it came with like a control. Like it's it's new. They've redesigned it, right? But I remember like there was an older version that everybody had too. So audio, audio control did have an RTA. Yes, it was a graphic RTA. Big old th it looked like the, about the size of this. Audio precision unit. Well, maybe not quite as big, but it was like a dot matrix little thing, you know? It was pretty Did neat. they have their own target curve too? I don't think so. Like in car auto competition, like the idea in, in competing in RTA was to try to get that that curve as flat uh -huh. as possible. Like even if it sounded like junk. So what what, what oh, a okay. lot of people will do is they will only play like one side of speakers, right? And they'll have like preset EQ to try to flatten that out. Because when you have like two, your left and your right stereo side, there's a lot more cross-correlation interference, oh. things like that. So they would only play like one side or they might only play like one mid and one tweeter, you know, as opposed to like a three-way oh. system or something like to try to make that target well, easier boring. to hit. Hmm. Yeah. But I'm then you got one play. full range, just a full range. Let's go. Yeah. It's got to be, and it's got to be flat the across the board, <laughs> which sounds terrible. I mean, that, it never sounds good, but that's for whatever reason, that's what they made into a competition. So that's funny. Yeah. I like good it. Time. Oh, would there be any significant difference in soundstage performance when turning an SVS Prom bookshelf on its side? Uh, yes. And it would be basically the same thing as what happens when you stand up, right? So if you're like on axis with the tweeter and then you stand up or you scooch down below that tweeter level, uh, you're going to wind up getting some kind of hole in the response, most likely, unless the design is pretty good. And I think that that design has... Uh, some issues in the crossover region. It, it may not be too bad, but just kind of recall mm -hmm. from memory. But not just with that particular speaker, like every speaker is going to do that. So the better the design is at the crossover, the less it's going to matter. But most speakers are going to have that problem with two way, especially if it's like a, a six and a half inch woofer and then maybe a one inch dome tweeter or something like that, because the crossover, the, the, the playable range between those two drivers isn't good enough to where you have good cohesion and good integration in the radiation pattern at the crossover. So you are definitely going to tell a difference as you go further and further above the speaker or below the speaker. And then when you take it and flip it on its side, 
everything that's radiated out into the room is very asymmetrical. So your sound, your reflections off the sidewalls and stuff aren't going to sound much like what you hear when you're sitting directly in front of the speaker. So that'll cause you some issues with like timbre tonality and stuff. So yeah, don't do it because don't do it. Uh, if if you ever just yeah exactly what you're saying, stand up and notice the sound difference. Usually it's a dip around the crossover region, right, Aaron? Yeah. So wherever right. the crossover point is, you'll notice a big dip when you go above the tweeter. So I'm assuming that you would, if you're gonna, if you have to do it, if you have to do it, put the tweeter on the outside. I would, yeah, I'd probably put the mm. tweeter on the outside. You know what I'm saying? I see, yeah. I see that in uh, in music studios a lot when oh, they don't yeah. have. They they just like. Uh, that's okay. So Cali Audio has the LP6 V2, which is a two way, mm-hmm. woofer tweeter, right? And they say don't put that on the side, right? But then they have the uh, IN5 and IN8, which is a concentric, and they said you can put that one on the side. Yeah, that makes right. sense because it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, not recommended. Do, but, yeah. do you guys? Uh, did we talk about this? What about t- taking center channel MTM mm-hmm. and psh, putting them upright? Uh-huh. yeah, that Good. works. That yeah, works. That works. So, so I'm actually reviewing an MTM 100 from Mono Price Monolith, Uh-oh. Uh, and it's a it's meant to be, you know, you you stand them up, and it's an MTM with two passive radiators on the side. And mm-hmm. oh, so you can't lay it flat because the radiator would is on yeah, the cabinet, yeah, right? You can. So you can't, and it's oh, rounded. The cabinet's a little bit rounded. Uh, interesting, interesting. Um, I'm I'm getting some awesome imaging from it. Is that mm. to be expected, Aaron? Like, uh, I don't even know what which the speaker is. Oh, let me bring it up. It was because like uh, I was like uh, monolith. But if it's like an MTM type design that's standing up, then yeah, it makes sense. Oh, I'm like, sound bad. what is happening with the sound? Especially the drivers are small. So one, one continuing his, his thing. He said, the thing is I want to place the bookshelf tweeter at the level with the center channel speaker. Mm. Upside down. Would that's be what I was okay about to say. Can you do that? Is, yeah, I, right. I would say if your ear is above the tweeter, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If normally when they're upright, your, your ears are, oh, no, Wait, how, how's it working? Let's just, let's just put it this way because, uh, the PSB Alpha P5s are upside down. It uh, it depends on how they're designed, but most of the time, uh, the best response for a two-way is usually going to be between the tweeter and the woofer. Is that about right, Aaron? Uh, it, usually? Uh, I don't know that I would say best. In my experience, usually it's at the tweeter, but there's a the lot tweeter? of designs. If it's a waveguide, then it's between the two, typically. Right, okay. but if it's just a dome tweeter, then usually it's at the tweeter level, but it can vary. Okay, that's where measurements cool. would come in handy. Or if the how about this? At and below is usually the best. I, I've never, I haven't really seen one where above is the best. Yeah, normally above probably isn't going to work out too well, especially because you have like the the diffraction from the baffle above the tweeter mm-hmm. usually, and that's going to cause you issues too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so flipping the speaker upside below, down is not a problem. Right. Yeah. So that's okay if your ear level is at or below where the tweeter mm-hmm. is now, right? Now that if you place it upside down, right, you want to be here or above it. If if it's high up here, then it's not good for it to be upside down. Yeah. yeah. So Hopefully that particular that one. I wish I had a speaker here. I, can, I guess I do. 
All I have are the concentric ones near me. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm not, not gonna help. <laughs> I'm trying to look. Um, yeah. So let me show you these MTM 100s here. So this is my actually, actually my next review coming up. Looks like Ton's in the house. What's up, Ton? JBL 520C center channel set up vertically for my side surround channels, and it's great. All right, well, those oh, are cool. these look things right here. Look at this. Yeah, those are cool. Oh. <laughs> is it? That. Is there one on each side? Boom! And the cabinets yep. curved a little bit. It's kind of cool. Rounded. That doesn't have. Does that have HDMI by any chance? No, I'm guessing it's not. Man, could you imagine if it did? I I do have oh. it connected to my uh, a living room system. Hmm. Yeah. Right now, and uh, so, like, what do you like looking at these? What do you expect? Right. What's your initial impression? Just just by looks, what would you Ball guess? Drivers. What are those yeah, they're small drivers. These are small, and these are, I think, five and a quarter. Passive. Yeah. So the four-inch so, drivers, maybe? So they're yeah, made. I think I'll, these are made for like a what does it say? Desktop speakers, right? Okay. Yeah. Does it sound like the soundstage is pretty wide? Um. Would you say that? That's yeah. Fair? This always makes me laugh. Look at I'm on the mono mono prices website. Look at the ad that comes up. That's is yeah. That's funny. <laughs> that's, a, that's very targeted. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're made for a desk. And my first impression, just looking at them, right? Like I'm saying, you always have a first impression. Mine are like, oh, oh, those are going to have some bass, you know, at your desk. Mm -hmm. They just look like they're going to be bassy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they're okay. <laughs> that okay. picture is so, so weird. That's <laughs> a speaker, speaker laptop. Yeah. Whose desk is actually like that? So anyway, uh, I was more surprised uh about the sound stage on this and i don't know if this is uh because it's mtm i would right? if i had to guess i would say that the sound stage it, it would probably be pretty wide it could be deep too because those are four inch drivers so they'll play mm -hmm. higher before they start to beam and okay. depending on where their crossover is they probably have good integration with the crossover probably it's harder to mess that up when you're using smaller drivers yeah. like that so my impression was more that i was amazed at like the center image like you know, sometimes you, you get the center image like, dang, like that's solid right there. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that sounds crazy. Mm -hmm. And that's what it did. And I'm like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. I was I was looking for bass, but right. it surprised me with that aspect of it. And I, I wasn't sure if it was because the MTM design, I don't, you know, no, it, the trebles it, a little bit up. And I'm like, maybe it's that. I didn't know what it was. That yeah, was it could be. That. It could be because of the MTM because it's made it it's narrowing the radiation pattern so if those are four inch drivers and then there's mm -hmm. a one inch dome let's just say it's a one inch dome tweeter let's so if that's mm -hmm. four let's just add two so i'm gonna say i don't know what's four and four let me back up here so if i say mm -hmm. that's a four inch mid-range and i'm going from the top mid to the bottom mid center to center mm -hmm. so that's going to be two inches to the dome tweeter, let's say the dome tweeter distance is another two inches, another two inches. So that's about six inches. Mm -hmm. So if I just ballpark that at six inches and you try to do the math real fast. Okay. Uh, so speed of sound, 13, six, two. Let's just say ballpark. Oh, yeah, it's starting to beam at a thousand hertz, right? So that means that um, that radiation pattern is getting tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter at even as low as a thousand hertz. So that could explain why hmm. the image may sound more stable. It could. I'm not saying that's okay. why, but that could be one potential reason for it. All right. Right. But I would expect maybe the soundstage might sound wide because it's, it's. 
again, using narrow drivers, or not narrow drivers, but smaller drivers, mm -hmm. the radiation pattern won't narrow on a four inch until, mm -hmm. let's see, let's see what the math tells me. Uh, it around like maybe 1500 to two kilohertz or so. Right, so, so that tweeter should have no problem mating to that. Here's another question. These passive radiators, right, are are controlled by the drivers here, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, they move in accordance with those front drivers. Right. Is there anything happening there? Because they're on both sides. Yeah. Uh, how does that affect the, the, the pattern, you know, because they're, they're firing right. this way. How does that affect things? I I don't expect it to be a, a what is the ones that you that you read the, you're talking about cardioid i think right yeah it doesn't do Where anything it cancels like out the side and the back sound i know this shouldn't do it if it does it's by mistake <laughs> somebody did it yeah. wrong i wouldn't think that it would do that i would expect that that woofer just picks up and extends the omni pattern lower to some what 50 hertz or something like that probably just i'm okay. going out number here. okay no it wouldn't act like a cardioid design but it would be it would a car a good a true cardioid design would be um tougher to do like that would have dsp for it and yeah it would not be that it would not it would cost have to be designed specifically there. not placement wouldn't do it by itself placement alone would not do it no okay because i see sometimes the uh, passive radiator is on the back mm -hmm. so that it doesn't would it matter where do they place it or not does really it i mean so it could if you're talking about like where the integration frequency is like crossover frequency Mm -hmm. um, but when you're talking about bass, the distance is so large, even at 200 hertz, that unless that driver were like way somewhere else, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. a foot behind those mids, I can't imagine that it's not going to, that it's going to have any kind of discontinuity in the radiation. In other words, it should act as like a monopole source, a single source, unless they are very far separated. It's just confusing to me because I would imagine those, those radi radiators go out when the other speakers go in. Right, yeah. It is weird. Right? Yeah. So Yeah, because it's like a sealed enclosure, isn't it? Yeah. Right. So it's like a push-pull, essentially. Yeah. Anyway. I don't so know are those <laughs> are those two woofers, two five and a quarter woofers on each speaker? On either side. Yeah. yeah on, on, on either side. side. That's pretty yeah. cool, man. I'd like to play anyway. around with those myself sometime. Uh, yeah, somebody asked if they're uh, passive, and they are. They're passive. Anyway, yeah, interesting. Cool. Um, interesting sound i think they're pretty cool anyway Looks uh, thank you for I the super chat yeah. thank you buddy can you use multi-eq multi-eqx i never can say that right to measure subs until you get the right distance delay can you adjust sub distance in the software remeasure view curve etc or does the distance need to be uploaded first that's a joke okay. question um i have to can you adjust the sub distance in the software? Remeasure, view the curve. I think it. I think you can rely on multi QX to just set the distance for you. I don't see a reason necessarily to to do it beforehand, unless you're talking about multiple subs, and you know, and let's say your AVR only has one sub out, or maybe it has two, but you have four subs. You you kind of want to make sure that those are aligned prior. So you want to align your subs to one another first and then let this do its thing. You just want to make sure that your subwoofers are not fighting each other. Right? Because if they're canceling each other out, then there's nothing that uh, MultiQX can do to fix that. So 
I don't know if that answers the question. Can you, yeah, you, yeah, you can do anything you want. You can adjust your distance in your sub. You can do all that, but typically you don't want to, you want as, as little delay from your subwoofer as possible, right? There's always going to be delay because of the DSP in a sub, most subs. And so you want to, you want to eliminate that as much as possible, right? Because what you're actually doing is you're adding delay to your main speakers to match the match delay up, yeah. in your sub, right? So that's not good for gaming and things like that. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. It's funny is they let me let me show you guys another thing. You guys keep talking. What did he say, "Listen, Chana, uh, you mentioned high sense earlier, and now I'm looking at high sense ultra short throw projectors. Like, this is a slippery slope, my friend." L nine G, yeah, yeah you gotta L nine G is nice, dude. Still L, my favorite. L, L, oh, L9G is probably expensive because the L5G. L9, it is. Yo, the BenQ V7050i, if you're going to go ultra short throw. That's my Stop choice. yourself now, Aaron. Stop yourself what? now. V7050i. What'd you say? Snuff my Look, if you can't remember the model number, probably skip. <laughs> the B758iJ24. <laughs> That's what the model number is. That's funny. Uh, uh yes for multi-sub properly account for dsp delay etc trying to make sure there's no massive null from phase misalignment with the mains uh for sub multi-sub probably okay, dsp delay mm. uh i mean it, it's it's going to try to do that so it's trying to align time align Mm -hmm. And it only has delay to to match the phase, right? So it's not doing any phase rotations. It's just using delay to match match them up. So I think it does a pretty good job of doing that. You know, it's just when you have multiple subs, like I'm saying, you want to make you have to do some more advanced stuff, basically. So you do have to use a mini DSP two by four HD, and you have to go in there and do some pre calibration with your subs first. And then let MultiQX do its thing, right? So the secret to MultiQX is not that it does, you know, multi-sub or anything like that. It's just that it's a filter bank. You can go in there and make it do whatever you want it to do. Want it to do, yeah. So any any curve that you want, you can just put in the filters, and it it's a filter bank for all of your speakers. That's the amazing thing. The integration between subs. It's not its strong point. Look, look, look. He's he's come back over here. Bro, should I just get a consultation? <laughs> Need to make sure I'm optimized. Pay way too much money for all this. Sure. Oh, well. Sure. You can go to joeintel.com forward slash booking. Yeah. I'll, I'll take care of you. Uh, no, nothing has a question. I have a 5.1 setup right now on a receiver that doesn't do Atmos. Would I notice much of a sound improvement by upgrading my receiver but keeping my system at 5.1? I haven't heard from Michael. Michael, you're, you're yeah, well, Mike. you look at you got so, the new setup. I want to hear from you. Yeah. Up, so one thing that I would ask is like, all right, five point one's been around a long time. So if you've got an AVR that is definitely like pre, let's say DTS master or so wait, Dolby, no, hold on. Dolby he's saying HD. He's assuming same room correction and such, mm -hmm. no real change. Yeah, yeah. So keeping the same speakers. If you upgrade, like I heard a, a big difference when I went from DTS and Dolby 
What was the what was that one? Dolby, yeah, Dolby True HD, and or was before, before before that, that before when we got to high it? yeah okay. before we went to high definition. So if you've got a really old one, absolutely. Even if you kept the same five bed layer speakers, one subwoofer, um, absolutely. You know, um, you keeping the same thing. If you've got Odyssey or Dirac or whatever, um, I really really like those new formats. Going from, let's say, for instance, a DTS to an Atmos. Um, one thing I don't know is, and Chana, because you're mixing this stuff now, can you, do you get any kind of object based in the base layer in a 5.1, or is that only? It's when every, you have... everything is different with Atmos. Mm -hmm. When if the movie is is released with an Atmos mix and even if you don't have Atmos, mm -hmm. you're going to have objects flying around as best as yeah. it can be. Sure. Yeah. Um <clears throat> so whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, we kind of yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's up in the air. It's right. up in the air. So yeah. um I think you will you might notice a difference. Mm -hmm. Um it depends on on the content. Um and if, I know like mind, let us know what let us know in the chat what the model number is. I'd, I'd just be curious. Of your current, of the current receiver. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Reverend Slim that. says uh, you might get an advantage of Atmos virtualization with mm -hmm. only 5.1. I've tried mm -hmm. that. It, it, it does a little bit, you know, yeah. it's not, it's not bad. I don't hate it. Yeah. I tried it in this room before I set up the height speakers mm -hmm. and it, I, I feel like it, I'd rather keep it on than off, you know? Yeah. Like sometimes it just adds a little bit of just a little aspect of, of height that I like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought it was good. I like Jayhawk's question. That's a good one too. What's yeah. that? Um 7.3.6 versus 9.3.4. Pretty deep room, two rows, front row 15 free from the uh from the front of room limited to 13 channels, though. Mm -hmm. Oh, so, a, uh, so he's talking about nine point three, meaning he has three subs. Because right. Michael, I remember before you said, yeah. you know, it's officially point it one is. It is. But I, what I what I reckon, what I say now is that is the configuration. That is not the the actual channels because you don't have three subwoofer okay. channels. So you got a single. Is that so how we're doing it now? We're but, doing configuration. Well, here's the thing: it it makes it <laughs> it totally makes it easier. I mean, trust me, I wish that we. Would call it that seven point three point six, but the proper is seven point one point six with three subwoofers, which sounds stupid. So why you have to say that? Okay, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I just wasn't sure because I know it does look better on those uh, on the on the titles and on the yeah, yeah. headline, like yeah. more numbers. You know. Yeah, I mean, it but you can look at that and, and know exactly without even asking him. He's got seven bed layer. He's got three subwoofers. He's got six Atmos. Yeah. Or so, or height channels. You know something. Oh, so youth man is making the standard right now. No, I think no. <laughs> no, I made a video on it saying that 7.3.6 is not technically right and 9.3.4 is not technically right. Yeah. But I get it and I know why we yeah. do it and I know why we say it. I mean, you people know? were asking um with our toolkit, he's like, Can you make it for you know my can you make something go out of my butt kickers or my you know whatever's plug, you know, my four subwoofers? I'm like, unfortunately, there's only one LFE channel. That's correct. And right. so if I put it, it's just no matter what your AVR does with it, I can't access your second subwoofer by itself because that's it's all on the same thing. Yeah. So to answer your question though, Jayhawk, my advice, number one, you've got um you've got a really deep room. Depends on kind of how far those two rows. Let's see, he's got two rows front, 
15 from the front room. Okay. Um, my preference, if you've got a really deep room, especially if you've got a pretty good amount of separation between the front and the rear row, is to have six Atmos speakers. Um, if you had like a really wide room, I would recommend going with some front wides, you know, and doing that nine bed layer. Um, but that's just me, but I've heard, I've heard um, nine bed layers in a room. Phenomenal. The, the key is properly set up. If you do it properly set up, that would be mm. better. You know what I mean? Hey, so a uh, quick question, Mike. Uh, oh, where man. did they place the uh, front wide in between like the, yeah. the the front and the side surround? Was it like so, even? Was it like 50% per distance? What, what was it? Uh-oh. Like, yeah, I couldn't even tell you. Oh, okay. The only one uh -oh. that I can really think of that comes to mind is Tony's SOWK. So mm -hmm. he has um, front LCR. He's got front wides. Then he's got... Man, he's got he's got a whole bunch of speakers. Mm -hmm. So, but as far as like angles, I I couldn't even tell oh, okay. where they put. Got it, got yeah. it. I, I, Jayhawk, if you have two rows of seating, bro, I would go the three sets of height channels. I would go seven, three, six. Mm -hmm. That'd be do, my vote. Do front heights, and then in between your two rows, mm -hmm. do uh, in ceilings straight down, and then rear front heights on wall. <clears throat> I think that would probably be the better of the two. Um. And see, like, well, there, there, there isn't a whole lot going on in, in those front wides. It's really when things see are... Aaron, I know you want to take off. Oh, later, Aaron, take it easy. I, see y'all later. Have a good one. Got a see hot day. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> later. <laughs> hot day with his face. <laughs> Perfect timing. <laughs> Perfect timing. He's gonna, um, what did he mean by that? <laughs> he's going to want to pop back in here. <laughs> you know he's like, watching your the mouth. stream. <laughs> He's going to watch the stream later on to see what we said. <laughs> we love you, Aaron. Yeah. That was, that was awesome. support from you guys. Thank you for all the support. Yeah. Too. Thank you for all these oh, super yeah. chats that are coming right yeah. now. Um, um, but yeah, that's my vote, Jayhawk. Mm -hmm. 736. 736. Okay. Yeah. Really deep. Run. What do you think, Joe? Yeah. You know, I haven't tried uh, nine uh, ear level speakers, so I can't say. Mm -hmm. My okay. guess you know, just theory, right? Uh, my guess is that uh, having the wides would give you like more accurate panning across the front mm -hmm. because from our calibration mm -hmm. tests, right? We found that a uh, hard panned hard, right? is 45 degrees. And we put our left and right speakers at 30. So I think that having the wides actually kind of makes up for that. Difference. Well, there's a, probably a big angle between let's say especially if you've got like in my case i've got mm -hmm. my side surrounds mm -hmm. technically probably about 110 degrees so they're okay. slightly behind my listening. listening position to the sides mm -hmm. and then you've got your front speakers which are what is that 30 degrees whatever yeah. it is 40 degrees and so i don't know do the math between yeah. that and the other so there that is a big area a big to gap, try to yeah. cover yeah yeah yeah. So, so I mean, I'm I, not saying that that wides won't benefit you, but like Chana said, I'm I don't know how often they're utilized. But like what what Joe yeah. was saying was like when something's panning from like like let's say, let's say cars passing by you this way, right? right? Front, back, right? Yeah, front, front left, it'll hit your front wide. It'll hit your surround left. Like everything on the left, it'll hit. Mm -hmm. You know, but it, it like it would be I would be. Like even kind of like making stuff and moving it around, like there's not a whole lot to like 
move around like right in front of you mm -hmm. like in or something that would arc past yeah, through like sure. four different speakers like yeah, those, like for me a car, so let's say that car passing by this way right i think what let's say if it's on the panner it's 45 degrees mm -hmm. right and you're kind of let's say you do it on you you mix on headphones you kind of expect it let's say it's going to take one second to move from here to here right all mm -hmm. the way across the screen let's say it's you're you're making a movie and you want the car from you don't see it, then you it passes you know from one side to the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. left to right. Okay, and it's supposed to take one second to do that, right? There's like an angular thing that that's happening, right? So it's supposed to you're expecting it to be forty five degrees, but they're in thirty. So if the person's speakers are this close, then in one second it it just goes like it moves a smaller distance, I guess. Mm -hmm. Oh right, you know, yeah. angular distance in you know. How it sounds to you, it's only moving from one like small area to the other. Um, yeah. How much oh. that matters, I don't know. I don't know that it matters that no. much. But was, Slim's chiming in, and, and he's completely correct on this. Mm. Uh, the problem with wides is that they're only active with dynamic objects. So there's good because they're not technically in the bed track. The bed track mm -hmm. is 7.1.2. Okay. So they are not in the bed track. So yeah, he's right. Only objects. Well, so that's what so that's kind of like what okay, I meant by something way. panning through it has it would have to be only an object and it'd be going through like like it's a very small distance yeah. like so so yeah that's that's kind of that that's uh, that's kind of what, what I would say yeah um there's another super chat came in from um from Mohan here great show guys 1399 thank you so much thank in you. a 524 setup where exactly do i place the side surround speakers at ear level or above and they sh and should they be beside mlp or slightly mm -hmm. behind uh oh reverend slims in the house we better give the right answer <laughs> i uh, would say this if it's 524 and you're not adding surround backs go slightly behind if you're listening to atmos and you have them like i do upstairs the sound that's coming out of them that should be behind me is now to the sides of me. So if you want a more accurate representation of what's happening in the surround channels, I'd say put them slightly behind like Michael has. What do you say? Like 110? Probably about 110. Yeah. yeah. And I basically they're in between my front row and my rear row. So they're right in between there. Okay. Um, and I personally, I don't like the idea of uh, an elevated surround sound stage. I like everything at ear level to be at ear level. Obviously, if you have two rows of seating, that's not yeah. Possible. That's that's what I was gonna say. If you yeah. get two rows, and especially if you get seven speakers, you pretty much have to elevate that rear, at least the rear one, to be able to get you know yeah. access to both that front and rear seat, especially if that rear seat's on a riser like I've got in my theater room. Yeah. So so, then, uh, the, yeah. so it's confusing because there are multiple reasons. Like Michael, you're talking about having you know uh, elevated. Correct. Seats behind you, it right. needs to be able to pass, like you know, over right. the head. Yeah, you don't want to at the back of that seat. That would be pointless for the people That's, in front. Right. right. That's what Slim is saying. Yeah. Seat backs that might. Uh, uh, so uh, that's one consideration, right? One consideration. Yeah. But I think why it's confusing is because the old school five point one, no Atmos, right? Mm -hmm. No height. It used to be like way back in the back. Right. So and 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 like two and, feet uh, and elevated. Yeah. Yeah. Two, yeah. Well. All right. So thinking about this, my theater is probably fifteen years old. Was mm -hmm. when I built it, or mm -hmm. you know, set it up. My side surrounds are two to three feet. That's what our Dolby suggested back then mm -hmm. because they wanted like you know elevated a little bit. Yeah. 
then when Atmos comes, it's like, okay, now you want to separate that bed layer from the height. And yeah. it's harder for me to do that just because if I lower those side surrounds, when somebody walks into my theater room, they're going to smack it right dead in the face. Mm. So, so I've got to kind of leave mine up there. So, yeah, I guess it's just interesting that, uh, you know, it's confusing, I guess. It's oh, confusing yeah. going from 5.1 because they, the recommendation was, you know, above, right? Two feet above. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think similar location though, uh, but when well, you go to back, Atmos, in, back in the in the five point one, they were almost like think of like forty five degree angle behind you. Remember, because oh, we almost we almost put them like in the corners, looking yeah. towards the. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. If you look at the original five point one before Dolby, before any of that, you would have the free three up front, and then the back ones were kind of like this, angled towards that main listening position. Yeah. And I, they may actually still have them. I'll, I'll tell you what, why y'all do that. I'll just look it up real quick. Well, that's the 5.1. I think it's an ITU standard, ITU 5.1. Mm -hmm. it, it shows you the angles there. Yeah. Where are they? Yeah, so here's a 5. Point, okay, so it's saying 110 to 120. But see, that again, that's the newer layout. I want to see like a really it's old. Pretty old though. I think it's always been this 110 was the recommendation. I guess uh, the difference, here's where it gets confusing. When you talk about Atmos, it's no yeah. longer two feet above, right? They want it about yeah, your level lower, yeah. uh, with some clearance for uh, whatever is behind you, right? I mm -hmm. think that's the recommendation. So that has changed. Also, it, it changes when you go from a 5.1 point whatever to a 7.1 because when you move to 7.1, now they allow it to be at 90 degrees mm -hmm. sides, yeah. it, within the spec for it to be uh, more to the sides. Which I still don't love because you know you can really hear that sound. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I still recommend it behind you, but you can, according to Dolby spec. But that's only when you have seven point one. If it mm -hmm. has, if you have five point one, it doesn't say that you should do that. So, oh, uh, so this is like pictures here. Yes, but just look at the the angle of those back speakers. That's kind of more what I was thinking of, like originally. Mm -hmm. They were way back in the kind of your corners of your room right. or angled at the, the main listening position. Um, and even back in the day, we'd have them, they would even say, hey, put them up in the corners and angle yeah. them down kind of thing. And Yeah, it looks so, like 135 right there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's that's way past 110. Yeah. Um, so that's like, a, that was kind of what I was thinking. Back in the day, that's the way we would do it. But, you know, now don't be saying like 90 to 110 is, is a, a good range there. <laughs> He said we should invite Reverend Slim. Oh, we've had he's, him call in. He, yeah, he called and in. And he's been on the show, him. man. Be on the video, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Bring him on. Here, um, Slim, you have an invitation. Uh, Billy P's got a couple of things. He's like, have you ever, any of you had experience with Prime Pinnacle? I had. I, I thought they were great. Um, Price-wise, space-wise, great speakers. Super um, slim. Yeah, super slim, short, mm -hmm. put out a lot of sound. Uh, I did have a pair of sound amplifiers. <laughs> Pretty, pretty big one going to him, and they, they handle it no, no issues. Um, he also has, uh, I have a 6700 with six Atmos setup for all three formats. If I went voice of God and center height, what happens during Atmos with the voice of God and center height? Nothing. I'll let you answer that one. I'm, I'm looking up the have you guys seen the turn off announcement just real quick? No, okay, go um, ahead, continue. Yeah, uh, so, so yeah, nothing. 
unless you were to upmix in Oro 3D, whatever the content is, then it'll start using the voice of God in the center height. Um, I have the 6700 in here, and I was contemplating putting a voice of God and two, you know, middle heights facing downward. Uh, but I don't think I'm going to do that. I'm just going to go with the center center heights as opposed to the not the center channel height but but two two speakers in the center of the room on the ceiling because anything atmos is not going to use them so there you go that is my answer okay you guys see this uh you guys didn't see this here no what's going on Bob's new i put a link there to this thing so yeah, uh, yeah Amy Nirvana, Todd Anderson. Uh, I guess it's a I don't know if it's a press release or what, mm -hmm. but they're talking about Trinov. They're going to be at uh, ISE, mm -hmm. and they're teaming up with Cricks and I don't know, um, I don't know what this is. Uh, anyway, they're making a demo room with eighteen seats and <laughs> how many speakers? How many subs here? Looks like thirteen dot six dot six. So, 16, 16, 16 yeah. subs. Yeah. That sounds 16, like what they did at, at Cedia this year. So uh, I guess they have some kind of new technology, and I don't know if it's kind of like a what Dirac Art is doing. Correct. Um, but I did put a link. So if you guys want to take a look at that, I don't know what it they they're not they're not saying exactly what it does. Yeah. But uh, you kind of have to read between the lines here. So if they have 16 subs hooked up, there's probably a reason for that. Where is it? I remember reading. Okay, here. It says traditionally, so this is from somebody at Trinov or one of the founders of Trinov. The traditionally low frequency reproduction is handled through a modal analysis where resonances are identified in the frequency domain. Through our extensive research and unique expertise in 3D acoustic fields, we propose something different. Our disruptive approach seeks to fully understand and control the behavior of the room in all its dimensions, mm -hmm. time, frequency, and the three dimensions of space yeah. so that resonances are removed almost entirely and without artifacts. The initial wavefront produced by the subwoofers propagates through the room unaltered and pure as if there were no walls. I, I just laughed here when it says in three dimensions of space. You know, it just makes it yeah. sound like real right. fancy high tech. Yeah, yeah. woo. Yeah. Controlling it throughout space. Yeah, I think they're uh, they, they have to compete with what the rack is doing with ART. Mm -hmm. So um I think that's kind of their answer to that. Cause it they announced that. I got the email mm -hmm. I think the day that Dirac announced theirs or like the day after. It was pretty quick. It was almost like, all right, you got yours. Yeah, yeah, like here's both. our, here's ours. You know, no. So. Uh, when you when you had Matt on from Storm Audio, talking about art, was there anything uh, that you learned from that conversation that you didn't know prior? Oh, sure. Like, well, Matt, I, I had, that's well, I had no idea what art was, like zero. So going into that conversation, I had read some articles and stuff on it, but that was it was still really really fresh in my mind, and it's still a new concept. But it's almost similar or akin to kind of like noise-canceling headphones. You know, mm -hmm. so noise-canceling headphones take sound that's out here, and it's almost like the inverse of what's playing. And, and so it's able to cancel out that, that sound. And so they're using – that's like the easiest analogy I can provide 
the you know the software is measuring the room and it's trying to figure out okay where where are there some bad things happening and mm-hmm. so then they're going to send additional frequencies from say your front right speaker to help out another speaker it's kind of it's an interesting concept for well, sure well you were on when i explained it for the first time right yeah so that's uh, what i was wondering um yeah i just looked at the video yeah you were on the video when i was explaining like for the first time, like a first time I was able to. Yeah. And I was like, talk about I don't it. know what that is, you know, yeah. I didn't do any research at that time. I was like, this is, it seemed, it seemed kind of weird to me at first, mm-hmm. but there's some people that are way smarter than me. Um, and not talking about like guys at storm or that are in that, but people external looking at it going, this is actually pretty intriguing. Like this actually might could, mm-hmm. you know, there may be some definite value here. So it's intriguing. I'd love to, to experience it and see what it sounds like myself. But Well, I hear you say that a lot, actually, also. You say, okay. you know, there's there's a lot of people here that are smarter than me. They I'm are. I'm glad that these guys are smarter yeah, than are. me. But at a certain point, I think it's on you, Michael, yeah. Yeah. that you're surrounded with all these smart people that you have to also well, I need to, I well, assume that you're is, absorbing it also. Yeah. And at some point, you're going to oh, be the smartest that. guy in the room. Yeah. Maybe uh, I'm I'm just saying that it's, <laughs> it's, it has to be that way. Yeah. Otherwise, what's the point of surrounding yourself with people who know more unless yeah. you're also absorbing? Yeah, I I don't know. Just thought be a sponge. I think so. I just think it's funny because at one point you're gonna be like, oh oh, I can't say I'm that. I am, I'm, the I'm the guy. I yeah. do know the most about this right now. Yeah. <laughs> so can't wait for that day to happen. Um, high finance. Another super chat. Sorry, man, I missed this. Um, any insight on a 16 Ultra successor? It's time. I would imagine that's the SBS you're talking about. Yeah, I haven't um, heard anything. No, nah, nothing. I think they're pretty. They're pretty set, man. They've got their. I mean, they think they've about. Got, it, they've got a product line from baby subwoofers, micro subwoofers, budget subwoofers, mid-range subwoofers, and the new like in walls that they yeah, just got I mean, going they, on. So they they, they got, got a lot of stuff going on. They yeah. do, man. I, I don't see a, actually a need, honestly, because I've already talked to Nick. They have no desire to go into. They're not trying to chase after S. I'm sorry, JTR. They're not trying to chase after Seton or Power Sound Audio. Those guys that are doing 18 inch and some of these other companies like Stereo Integrity that are doing 21s and 24s. They're like that's not our bread and butter, man. Yeah. Our bread and butter is the masses, you know, the the kind of the not the average guys, but basically the very affordable. We're trying to make a great product that you know people. I like I like that too, man. Subwoofers. I love it when y'all say that, dude. That <laughs> I think it's awesome, man. I've never pronounced it like subwoofer, uh-huh. but um, but I think it's cool. But yeah, man. Um, I don't I don't see them, you know, going down making that. another one. Yeah, we'll see what yeah. happens. They may That's the only time will tell. Yeah. Now it would I be like honestly, it. I would think it'd be really cool if they came out with something like um a two PB sixteen. You, know? you know what I you know what I think? That would I be think cool. they would come out with the fifteen, something smaller with the mm-hmm. same performance as the sixteen. No, that might Ooh. work. Yeah. Ooh. That would be cool. But think that thing's it, way too big for my it's, it's living room. Massive. It's 175 <laughs> pounds. It's yeah. it's a big, big, it's very, yeah. very deep. So it sticks out quite a bit in your room. And most yeah. people can go taller than, than they can than deeper. Multiple. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's so why I, I have would, those two stacked. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure, man. 
Uh, Tom, uh, I answered you in the chat. Yeah, I've seen, I've experienced the behind the screen series uh, at Cedia 2019, and it's pretty awesome. That's their cinema series. So. Yeah, yeah, where everything's behind the screen. The front stage is behind the screen with two subwoofers. Yeah, it's very similar to what Crix is doing. With yes, their, Crix, they've yeah. got kind of a front wall. Tony's got that in his setup. Yeah. So PK Hamu's got a question. Mm -hmm. uh, two below that uh, youth man thoughts on laser UST projectors ceiling mount in a dedicated room on a regular screen instead of ALR ones. So a couple of things, even in a dedicated theater room, cause I asked this question, can you, or, or I know where it came from at Cedia, they were using, they had a dedicated room built. So fully light controlled, you can get that room pitch black and they were still using an ALR screen with the, um, with the ultra short throw. And I'm thinking, why would you need that? And I even asked him like, can you benefit from an, uh, an ultra short throw screen or I'm sorry, an ALR screen. So think about this, the angle at which the laser is hitting that screen is pretty stinking steep. I mean, we're talking probably 45 degree angle. And so normal path of light is kind of angle of incidence angle of reflection. I mean, I know it scatters and, and bends, but for the most part, that's a pretty Bend. steep angle. Oh, see, I've told you, this guy knows. Well, this guy knows right here. All right. So, but Preach the thing on. is, but the thing is, is that it's, <laughs> but the thing is, it's going to want to reflect not towards you, but towards the ceiling. And you really want all that light coming towards your eyes. Standard projector, you've got it pretty much in line with the screen. So it's hitting the screen and coming right back to you. So even if you were to mount it on the ceiling, I would still recommend an ALR screen. The weird thing to me, and this is, I haven't asked, really asked this question because most people don't mount those on the, the ceiling. Number one, you need to make sure that that projector can do that. I've reviewed a bunch of them and not all of them have a setting in there to inverse that image. So you need to make sure, number one, it can actually oh, do yeah, that. Yeah, I forgot about that part. Yeah. So you'd have to actually inverse the image if you're going to flip the projector upside down. So not all those have that capability, but the, my other concern is, okay, now you're up top, it's hitting that same angle. So a lot of that lights wanting to hit, hit your floor. So you don't want that happening. So my thought is you would want to take your screen, the ALR screen and flip it upside down. But then the problem with that now, well, okay, no, actually, I think I just answered my own question that would not be advisable in a non-light controlled room where you got a lot of ambient light because it defeats the purpose of that, mm. that light being rejected. But if, you get, that, yeah. but if you can get your room totally dark, I would flip the screen upside down so that those, cause they've got notches. I don't know if mm -hmm. you guys have seen that. Yeah. The little stair step. It looks kind of like a mirror. Like, you know, if you wanted Correct. to reflect something towards you, you'd make it 45 degrees. Right. So, that is correct. I was going to see if I can pull up just like a, a quick. Um, but you know, what's interesting with what you said is mm -hmm. the whole idea, you know, they call it now ceiling light rejection. That's right? another one too. Correct. That's Those a CLR screen. CLR screen, meaning uh, you're trying to reject any of the uh, light coming usually from the top, right? Most mm -hmm. people don't have lights on the floor beaming up. It's from your ceiling that is coming down. So it's, right. it's going to, uh, you know, prevent that light from getting to you. Mm -hmm. um, and it actually, you know, you're saying, why would you use one of those rejecting screens, ALR light rejecting yep. screens in a controlled room? Right. It's also because you're getting reflections off 
your walls too. True. You know, so yeah. yeah, true. I don't know how much reflects back onto the screen, but I do notice that some of these are so bright. Some of these ultra short throws are yeah. so oh, bright yeah. Yeah. that like, so I've tried one here. I've actually tried it on a non uh, CLR, ALR screen mm-hmm. and it just starts like lighting up the whole room. Yeah. It's like you almost have the lights on in the front of your room. It's just when when there's like a a bright white screen. Oh my goodness! Like everything's lit up. Throw this up there Uh, real quick. So this is what I was. This is what I was talking about. You can kind of see these little, like what Joe's saying, the little stair. So you can see how the angle of that. If you didn't have that ALR screen, it's gonna want to naturally bounce up to your ceiling, and so because of those angles. That law is now going straight across like this, or actually, I guess that on the, the graph, straight at your eyes. So if you put it on the ceiling, you're no longer going to be rejecting light from the top. But if it's a fully light-controlled room, that's not an issue. Mm-hmm. So I think you're totally good there. So and also think- make sure make sure that the, the projector has a mounting, a way to mount it. But usually, you would assume... I think, I think they're going to have... it. Well, here's the thing. If it's going to have the ability to inverse that image, they know you're going to be mounting it on mm. a ceiling. There's so they're, really they're no going to plan way. for that, right? Otherwise, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're at least going to have some mounting screw holes in the bottom, and then you just buy a universal mount. I would imagine. Sometimes Again, I, I just I'm, don't, I don't like to assume because sometimes yeah. the feature's there because they're kind of just using the system from their old other projector, mm-hmm. right? And just make sure. Just make sure that there's mounting brackets on the bottom yeah. of the thing yeah. to sure. mount upside down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you I can. I think that would work good. I, I like the idea. I think it's actually pretty cool to mm-hmm. uh, put a ceiling. Yeah. What they what we need is we need ultra short throw ceiling mount. We need the ceiling light rejecting or the light rejecting screen, but then we need the screen to also be acoustic transparent. Yeah, for sure. You get that combination right there, and that's very nice for a lot of people. Bam. So, so here's one thing that's this is this is the all right true story guy messages me literally two nights ago and he's like hey man i need some help because i cannot get this thing lined up i've played and played and played so i pulled up the manual and and they tell you how far they recommend they wanted like 16 and a half inches from the wall Mm -hmm. for a i think he has a 120 inch screen so he's got a larger screen bigger the screen the further back sure so that's good but they don't tell you how high you need to mount it like below the screen that's going to add i'll be honest that's going to add well i guess if you have the ability to lengthen the pole that the ceiling mount is on if you're doing it on a pole that may help but just imagine this you're going to have to mount that up there and you're going to have to figure out how high to mount that projector screen and so you may have it depending on how high your ceilings are like in mine probably wouldn't work real well because my ceiling is 10 foot. So that means the bottom of my screen is probably going to be eight foot, you know, off the ground. Did I say that right? The top part of my screen would be eight foot. If I've got a 10 foot ceiling, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It's like two foot. So anyway, so it, it could add some, com- some complexities there. So, so, um, so the guy was having a tough doesn't... time aligning it because of, for what reason exactly? Sorry, well, think about it. So, so here's the other thing. More than likely, people sometimes they'll mount their screen because mm. that's where they want it visually uh, and everything. Right, right, right. But then you've got this cabinet that is fixed at a certain height. 
you have no play of, of raising. I mean, you got a little bit of, you know, the knobs on the bottom you can adjust. Mm -hmm. but they're not much. And so I know we've, we've reviewed enough of them that they're kind of a pain in the butt to do because mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. So my buddy built a um, adjustable rack that he can literally move the shelves up and down mm. by loosening the, you know, the bolts to yeah. make that shelf go up and down. Cause it's, it's so a you're, challenge. You're, you're basically saying figure out where the image is going to be and then move the screen <laughs> according to that. Yes. Correct. Easier. Yeah. Yeah. The screen kind of is almost like you're, it, it's weird, man. Um, it, it's a challenge. So what I've been appreciating is when a manufacturer in their manual gives you both the distance from the wall and the distance to the bottom of the screen, because then you've got a pretty good, okay. You're like, I need to really mount it pretty close to this to get this size image. Cause they know they, I mean, they know those measurements. The other thing that's tricky about these ultra short throw that you wouldn't expect because you'd think like, Oh, it just works like it's a projector. Yeah. Right? yeah. Because it's so close. Any right. tiny little I'm, movement, moves, it moves it like crazy, like a it's little hard. nudge. Yeah, it's, like, it's truly, it's difficult to get every, like without doing any kind of, for lack of better words, I'm just going to call it keystoning. It's basically mm -hmm. what they yeah. call it, ge geometric shaping or geometric something. Geometric tomfoolery yeah. is what it is. Yeah, it's, literally. I'm talking like, about like, this type of movement. Tell me if I'm wrong, Michael. Like I, I get it. You like, just like barely move thing, it. This little yeah. is like your top, this your top does like, this. It wonks out. You're that like, was like the thing I hated the most about hard. that Vava. Like I could not. I was on the phone with Joe. I'm like, dude, I cannot get this right. I'm yeah, so over this. I'll, I'll show you one thing that I would definitely recommend is if and also what we're saying is moving it like this, right? Yeah. But yeah. then there's also the little screws on the that's bottom that feet. Yeah. make it go up and down. And you that's, that's a that. whole different yeah. measurement. I'm telling I'll tell you, you one. Here's a tip. I'll show it's, you. it's a challenge, man. It really is. Can I show it? Uh, get one of these. Okay. Number one, if you have ultra short throw, mm -hmm. get one of these little laser meters, okay. right? Right. And one of the settings there is based on gravity. Like the thing moves around, but mm -hmm. it'll settle. Right. So it know you it knows what level is, right? So if your house is level, then it'll be okay. But use this to set the level of the ultra short throw first. Right? So if it's a, you know, hopefully there's a line somewhere on that ultra short throw, whether it's the top or the bottom, make sure that that's flat first, right? And look at the sides, make sure that that thing is not all weird. Right. I that's number 1. Get that first. And then the next thing would be get the distance to the wall exact, right? What do we, you got a Bosch one? Yeah. So I use that today to mount the um, acoustic panels. Yeah. They're awesome for that, right? So just use it for that. And then you can use one of these to make sure that your screen is properly set, you know, because even small, small things will annoy you. If it's a little bit off, it'll annoy you. So get this for 25 bucks. And uh, yeah, it'll help you a lot in that calibration. And then, so once you know that your ultra short throw is level, you know your screen is level, uh, now it's just the distance forward and backwards is going to determine how big this, the, the screen is, right? Mm -hmm. And as long as they're the same distance from the screen, now you don't have to worry about a, uh, the skew, right? If it's the same exact distance from the wall or the screen, then now all you have to do is adjust the height up and down. So 
anyway, you want to try to minimize the number of things that you can change. And and you usually try to not use any digital keystone. Yeah. Nice and clear. If you can. It it's hard though, I'll be honest, man. It's yeah, so much tries. easier to it's so much easier to go. You know, I'm just gonna bend that corner, yeah, man. Because this is the EIA, man. This is I, I was I was so frustrated with that. It thing, is. It's man. hard, like, man. It's hard. Yeah. yeah. That's the biggest challenge. You know that, and where do you put your center channel if you're if you're mounting on the bottom? So right. those two things are, you know, they just add some complexity. But I I like the format. I think they they're a good fit, especially for those living room situations that you've got a lot of ambient light. You got. 20,000 hours on the on the laser which is phenomenal you can watch regular tv oh, perfect setup for joe you know yep. Yep. kids come in there they want to watch a big movie time you're not worried about burning up a bulb and cartoons you know, all day dude that's awesome no they're they're super cool and they're really bright i want to share this too before we go uh yeah, this is I'm kind of an interesting thing i know we we're running pretty late but mm-hmm. this thing we always talk about how subs don't integrate into two channel setups very well because there's usually no delay for the main speakers, mm. right? So I'm wondering if this might help somebody out. Basically, I don't know how well it works. Interesting. I just yeah. saw it. Uh, it's an RCA input and then RCA output, and then you dial in the amount of delay here. Delay, huh? So yeah, that for might people be that have like AV sync issues, where let's say, I mean, it's not the most, it's not the ideal situation, but let's say if you have sure. RCA coming out from whatever your source is, right? Maybe your preamp. Okay, so you have your preamp. Let's say. Um. Yeah, whatever that preamp is, and then you'd have to use a splitter, so it's not great. But you could use a Y splitter. So you know, some go. You know, a pair goes into this, and that goes into your integrated amp, and the other goes to your subwoofer, which has delay. And now you can use this to delay the amount of the main speakers. Uh, yeah, main speakers. If you if you're not a mini DSP type of person, and you don't want to mess around with stuff. There's a knob right there. Yep. I thought it might be a cool idea if anybody wants to try that out. These guys love knobs. They were talking about. It <laughs> They're all about the knob feel. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's let's wrap it up. That's right. Two hours today. Jeez. Yeah. Oh. It's from yeah. all those super chats. Thank you guys. Keep Thank you going. guys so much. We totally appreciate everything, and um, we are so glad you are here. If you like to listen to the um, what is it audio called? only version, the audio only, go to anchor.fm slash daily hi fi. And if you want to jump into the after show that we're. <laughs> what? What? We lost you, buddy. Your lips are frozen. There you go. You're back. Oh, is that okay? Um, don't forget to go to the after show, uh, patreon.com slash daily hi fi. And uh, we'll see you just in a few minutes. But for those of you that, uh, you know, are watching on the replay or listening on the podcast, we do this every uh, Monday, 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Eastern. Join us. All the fun. On behalf of myself, Joe, Michael, and Aaron, 